0: The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Mick American Whiskeys, and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody, welcome
1: back to The Fred Minnick Show. Wee-hoo-hoo. We got an episode. Uh, it's going to take a long time. So let me tell you something, folks. If you need to break this up in your routine, uh, please feel free to do that. This interview is two hours long. Paul Charchin and I, you know, Paul of course, fantasy guru, you know, an an icon and in, in like uh, in fantasy football knowledge, one of the OGs in fantasy football, uh, has his own uh, company called the Guillotine League. So if you have a fantasy, if you have a fantasy group that you like to get together and do your fantasy football, check out Guillotine Leagues. It's a different style. It's a lot of fun. It's very cool. Uh, he and I, he came to my office and look. When someone comes to my office, I don't break out bad stuff. I don't give them the, the stuff that I said smelled like a like a dead cat. I give them the good goods. You know, I busted out some pappy for him. He'd never had pappy Van Winkle, so it was a real treat to be able to serve that to him. Uh, but we had ten, we had ten bourbons. We had ten, we had ten bourbons uh, over the course of two hours, and we talked about the greatest athletes uh, in drinking. Of all time and we talked about them from like from a consumption standpoint and we talked about them from like a business perspective so I think you're really gonna enjoy this week's episode but just make sure that you give yourself some time you space it out a little bit and of course you can always go over to YouTube as well and watch it uh, the video there so you can go to YouTube uh, and watch it there now if you live in Oklahoma, if you are in good old Oklahoma, my home state, go Cowboys, woo, go Pokes. If you're in Oklahoma and you do not have tickets yet to my event on August 14th, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. I'm telling you, right now, you're just breaking my heart. It's uh, This is my big uh, first uh, back on stage kind of moment, big appearance. Uh, we are going to just have a grand time. It's called Blind Bourbon, and what I do is I put blindfolds on people. I teach people how to taste, and we're gonna have some fun. And you're gonna you're gonna pick your favorite bourbon in a sanctioned American Spirits Council of Tasters taste off. There's gonna be four bourbons you're gonna be tasting, and one of them one of them is gonna be Blanton's. So one of the most hyped up bourbons in the history of mankind is going to be in that taste off and we're going to find out where people vote, how people voted in. It's going to be interesting. So if you haven't gotten tickets yet, go to ticketmaster.com or fredminnick.com and get information on that. Now, let's get to this week's episode with Charch, a.k.a. Paul Charchin. Now, because it is so long... We do have a special code in there snuck into the episode to make sure that people have listened all the way through. Now you want to listen all the way through so you can tag us on social media or Twitter and uh, you know we we'll get to, maybe we can get a day trending on Twitter. who knows? I, I doubt it actually Twitter nothing trends on Twitter. that's fun. It has to be toxic and, and horrible to, to mankind in order for it to trend on Twitter. But anyway, hey, listen, I know we're on podcast one now, so we're getting a lot of new listeners. If you're a new listener or if you're an old listener and you don't have a sticker, make sure you write me on fredminnick.com. We will mail you a sticker and I send a a handwritten note with it. But uh, hit me up on fredminnick.com and get that Fred Minnick Show sticker on your computer, on your car, in your neighbor's yard. But just once again, please don't use it in criminal activity. I do not want to be called by the cops. Do not want to be called by the cops because you went and put the the sticker in a bathroom you shouldn't have been in, all right? Don't be doing that stuff now. But enjoy this week's episode with Charge, my boy Paul Charchin. you're going to love it. But first, a
0: word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado Whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey. Unlike any other, passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey Live fast, drink responsibly.
2: Fred Minnick's Blind Bourbon is live on August 14th. Spend an interactive evening with the world-renowned bourbon authority, Fred Minnick. Learn to taste like a pro and test your whiskey knowledge.
1: Hey, Tulsa, I can't wait to get back to my home state to talk American whiskey history Taste some bourbon and celebrate the world's rarest spirits.
2: I hope you'll join me. Fred Minnick's Blind Bourbon Whiskey Event, 6 p.m. Saturday, August 14th at Cox Business Convention Center. See you August 14th. Get your tickets at
0: Ticketmaster.com. At
3: Nictor's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Mictor's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Mictor's Whiskey, go to Mictors.com or visit your favorite bartender. Mictor's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Fred Minnick Show. I'm in my studio here with my boy Paul Charchian. Charged, <laughs>
2: The greatest fantasy mind in the world. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, because look at this. I am surrounded by... <laughs> Like every bottle of bourbon I, that I've ever seen in my life, it's all here someplace.
1: And you live in Minneapolis and yes. you go out, you you do blind tastings with
2: your buddies all the time. So yep. yeah. you got the bourbon bug. I do. Uh, and it is bourbon specifically that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, Irish is okay and, and I don't really do scotch at all, but yeah, I love bourbon and it's become over, really, if I go back 12 years ago, I'd basically never had whiskey. And then kind of got the bug, and over the last three or four years, I think my tastes have really changed. I think I've become a—I'm not going to say snob, but I think I've become a reasonably sophisticated bourbon drinker. I
1: love it. Well, we got a lot of good things to taste today. And, of course, in uh, in a past episode, I sent he and uh, our good friend Steve Zaben blind samples, and one of those was uh, Blanton's. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience for Zay because he had always been on the hunt for Blanton's. And I keep telling people, look, Blanton's is fine if you can find it for the SRP. You're not going to spend a lot of money for it, but there's a lot of products that are better than it. And that blind tasting where you and Zay were like, who forgot the flavor? Right. You yeah. Know? And, and it, was just, it was kind of eye-opening for you all, but also for people who, who listened and watched at home. Because it's just one of those bottles that everybody gets all like,
2: "Ooh,
1: Blanton's! I can't
2: wait!" You know, yeah. and it the, the blind tastings really they take all of that off off the table, which is mm-hmm. what makes it so great. You know, the label, the bottle. You know, it's just got to stand on its own flavor, and you know, Blanton's just isn't special there's no part about that flavor <laughs> profile that makes you go, wow, this bourbon is great at this. Uh, I, I think there's nothing special about that bottle.
1: It, it, it's true. It's, it's true. And the thing is, is and I, as, cause I, it used to be a great like product that you could get as a gift. Yeah. And because the bottle is very ornate and mm-hmm. you know, it says Kentucky in a lot of ways cause it's got the horse right. bourbon, obviously. And the bourbons always been good good you know it's good uh but it's not great and it's been put in that on that pedestal like great now i will have i will have arguments all day long about pappy van winkle and it's and its status where it is because that whiskey while people may may not necessarily uh agree with the pricing Mm -hmm. that whiskey usually is pretty good especially the 15 year old the 23 year old can be over oak but that one has, you know, that one it, it has no quality um, issues in my eyes, uh, with the exception of maybe the twenty-three year old expression. But Blanton's is
2: absolutely overhyped. It's overhyped. Now, um, you know, you said some people may have a problem with the pricing on Blanton's, or not Blanton's, uh, of Pappy. Happy, right. yeah. That's co- everybody. You know, that's a right. you know, it's a, you know, it retails. You know, if you win the lottery to buy it, you can spend a thousand dollars on a bottle or whatever. Yeah, it's. To Me, that's uh, that's absurd, yeah. I've never had it though, so you know, who am I to say? Oh. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to know. I mean, there's part of me, it's like you- Fred, I don't even want to know because. What if I like it? What if I have a taste for Pappy? Then well, what?
1: That's where we'll start with our tasting, then. Let's start with I, some Okay, Pappy. wait. I
2: was not fishing for some Pappy out oh, of this. no. I, I really w- wasn't.
1: I wasn't trying to get you to fish. Listen. All right.
2: I, I, I'm but, not saying no, though. I'll tell you that much. I,
1: I do believe in taking care of my friends when they come to my office. Now, I will say, that really does hurt the rest of our tasting, because this is...
2: Uh, we're starting we're, we're gonna, at are awfully We're
1: going to start with Pappy, 15-year-old. Uh, and the subject that we're going to talk about today... Is our um, our athletes who basically have connections to booze, and we have a lot of different ways to talk about it. Uh, but before we jump into that, you yeah. are the fantasy guru, and I don't want to I don't want to steal your thunder and, and like take away a future podcast for you. <laughs> but do you but do you <laughs> got a you got a sleeper or two that you can. Um, Help my bottom-dwelling team that hasn't yeah. won a freaking anything in, <laughs> in 15 years. You got a sleeper or two that we can...
2: Maybe... My favorite sleeper this year is a Baltimore Ravens running back named Gus Edwards. Now, they drafted J.K. Dobbins mm. two years ago, and he had a really nice rookie year. And last year, it was three different running backs that they used. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram. And mm-hmm. they were all kind of serviceable. And... But Gus Edwards kept getting goal line carries, and eventually they just sort of phased out Mark Ingram altogether. Now Mark Ingram's gone. And this is a two-headed monster that are going to get almost even time in the backfield for Baltimore, and no team runs the ball more than the Ravens do. And Gus Edwards is going like eight rounds later. His average draft position is around 12 and JK Dobbins is round three. So you can really get a ton of value from Gus Edwards. That's my that's my favorite sleeper out of out of everybody this okay. year. I absolutely I absolutely love him. And and then just as a team, the Washington football team could be sitting on a really great year. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense is fantastic, and then you bring Ryan Fitzpatrick in. I know you're modeling your beard after Fitzpatrick. Right, yeah. you got a little work to do, mm-hmm. Fred.
1: Get a little bit of work. Yeah.
2: yeah, a little work to do there. But that's he. It, The acceleration and quarterback ability that they've got, going from three different feeble-armed quarterbacks last year (laughs) to uh, one of the great downfield passers, the YOLO passing stylings of Ryan Fitzpatrick, it'll be like interception, interception, don't care, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I love that. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be an offense. I like taking a lot of football team players.
1: Well, that's uh, that's that's good to know. I know Zay will like to hear that. But
2: um, he will like to hear that. By the way, seeing Zay in like two days. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he was. He's the only other person to have an in-person interview in this. Right spot here. Like this. Yeah. I feel. I feel honored. And that's why I've I've changed. Like, if you watch that video with him, like yeah. I hated the setup. Like I I watched it and I was like oh, I hate that. So. I spent like 2 or 3 hours today like perfecting the the, the angle. camera angle, the yeah. lighting
2: right here very fancy. And now like
1: the light is just kind of Well, yeah, melting. now see it's, now yeah, it's it's hitting me right right across
2: the face. Yeah.
1: But it will go down that uh, that that tree there. So what I do is I have I have a couple uh windows here that I, you cannot beat natural light. You just can't beat natural light. And so we are recording this and uh we do have some sipping to do. We do. Uh and by the way, with the name like Gus, you can't go wrong. I love that
2: I don't name. Gus, that's I don't, a traditional right. name. Right, I mean, Man, I love that Gus. name. Cheers, my friend. Thank you for, you for joining Thank me. Cheers to you. Thank you for this, Happy Twenty fifteen. This, Pappy, 2015. Yeah, this mm. is the fifteen-year-old. Oh. Okay, this has got <laughs> a lot going on by smell, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> it's kind of got. There's um. It's got. Uh, I can tell it's going to be at least a little proofy. It's got some. It's got some distinct spice in there, Fred. And almost a uh, tartness for me. We'll see. Mm. Wow. Wow. That is incredibly complex. I, I love how spicy this is. This has got some real heat to it, and not just a proofy heat. Mm-hmm. This has got some, um, and it's I mean, it's not just like, bam, benzene. You know, it's not that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this has got, uh, this has got the kind of sp- of spice and huge palate. You get all, you know, right through the sinuses. With all of with all the all the the, <laughs> now, the spiciness, it's in it. also
1: your first one too. So don't don't crush it just yet. Okay. When we when we sip through a few more, your palate will be warmed up, mm-hmm. and you know I'd say come back to it and really? see if you pick okay. Anything else? Up. All
2: right, you know. that's a deal. But boy, that's not yeah. what I expected at all. I thought I expected it to be milder, mm. sweeter. This is pappy's not particularly sweet.
1: Well, it, I think this is a, this is a, um, a very, this is very layered. This has a lot, <clears throat> this one has a lot going on. So you're going to like, right now you're getting spices. When you come back to it, you may get sweetness. Okay. So let your palate warm up kind of like, you know, like, like a wide receiver running mm-hmm. a route. get a little warmed up here. And then, uh, boom! You might you might get right. a little bit
2: more. I'm gonna I'm gonna set this aside.
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna try and uh, we're gonna taste a a lot here, uh, in between our in between our discussions. Look at all this. And um, uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was about athletes, like some of the greatest like drinking athletes of all time. Yeah. And you know, we put it out on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people brought up Andre the Giant.
2: You got I think he's going to be the 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 winner of this conversation, yeah. don't you?
1: When we talk about drinkers. <laughs> I mean, that man was a drinker.
2: Was he? Now, you've most people have seen the picture of his hand holding the can of beer. Mm-hmm. And the can is in his palm. Yeah. I mean, he's like palming a can of beer. And then you get to some of the claims that people have. <laughs> about Andre the Giant's drinking that is really almost mythical levels. Yeah. Hulk Hogan claims in the Tampa Delta uh, the Delta Lounge Mm -hmm. with one hour before his flight that Andre the Giant drank 108 beers. I mean that's a very specific number. that, That is a very specific number. Yeah. Now can you can a human being physically drink 108 12-ounce cans in one hour.
1: I mean, that's a lot. He was a big boy, so, you know, he's he's got a bigger liver. He's got a bigger belly. You know, he's going to be processing it quicker. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's... That is a ton.
2: That's a ton. I just don't know. I mean, if, if I literally just, like, opened your mouth and just poured beers, 108, in them, and if you could somehow physically... Hmm. drink it all could you do that in one hour i don't I, I don't know if it's possible
1: i i know it's not possible for me andre the <laughs> giant uh yes i also find that that one to be a little bit more believable uh than walt chamberlain's claim you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> I, you know i, I find that to be, i find andre the giants to be more believable
2: uh i do too it's the the wilt chamberlain uh if this is the it's the booze boast. Yeah, Uh, that is the Will Chamberlain equivalent here. Uh, Also, he's rumored, Andre the Giant rumored to have been flying to Tokyo, and he drank all the booze. He drank the entire flight full of booze, all of it himself on the flight to Tokyo.
1: Mm, I'm not buying that one because a pilot's not gonna let it all go.
2: (laughs) The pilot needs some for himself. Uh, I I know too many
1: many pilots. They get they get like this like. they have uh, like this particular, like, you know, it was very special ego, kind of like a doctor. Like, I mean, because basically they have your entire lives in your hands. And they find out, like, one passenger's drinking everything. Like, oh, uh-uh. you no, know, no, save one for me because I'm the <laughs> pilot. I don't see that. I mean, they may have thought he got it, but I guarantee the pilot, <laughs> you know, called up uh, um, the flight attendant and was like, right. hey, you, you see that wild turkey over there? That one's mine. That, right. You ain't giving it to that asshole. No
2: kidding. <laughs> now, if you've ever seen, if you ever seen pictures of Andre the Giant flying,
1: no, I haven't. Actually, come to think of it.
2: So I mean, he he needed the whole row. Sure, because he's just so big. He was seven foot four, mm-hmm. three hundred, and the weight varied a little bit, but three hundred fifty, four hundred pounds. He was just so big. He needed a row to himself, and yeah. usually it would be whatever the very first row was, but my luck I would get you know whenever I get on the plane I've got Andre the Giant next to me and he doesn't have he's got <laughs> one he's got one seat and he's you know half half of his body mass yeah. is you know hanging into my seat and
1: it, you know it's not so much the mass that bothers me it's like wash your damn armpits (laughs) why is it so hard to not stink and you know i have such a sensitive nose i can smell someone (laughs) farting in first class if i'm all the way back and so like i Uh, i always get you know someone and they don't even have to be large i mean i get someone who just has not practiced hygiene in some time and that's why like in the modern climate I kind of hope they keep masks on airplanes because it protects me. It's just, an, it's just a layer of protection from other people's stink. You know, uh,
2: you know, it's a bad sign when you can't get the arm. You know, oh, you can't get the yeah. arm down. That's yeah, the horrible. that's the arm is your only barrier, and it's between you and the person next to you. That's the only physical barrier. Won't help you with the odor, Mm-mm. but that's all you got and that's the you know well, that's the, the one little like slice of decorum can, the the arm
1: you. can help you in one in one instance let's say they've got you know they're to your left and they've got the right armpit foul yeah if you are able to secure the the arm brace before they are yeah then you can perhaps get them to lock in their right arm And seal the stink (laughs) in their armpit. So there there
2: is a way, there is a way to protect yourself from the stink.
1: But it's very specific.
2: That's very specific. And you know, the other thing is, you know, you you put the arm down and it's got the 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 width of it is about one inch. That's it. You both got arms and elbows. Mm -hmm. And it turns into this game of like who camps out first, right? And and if you've got it first and then you like shuffle or move, oh, all right, got yeah. it, you know? And you got this unwritten back and forth that nobody talks about, but it's the game we're all playing. Because mm-hmm. everybody wants a little armrest and it's a little armrest. And the guy who's sitting by the window
1: because I'm a, I'm a Nile guy. Yeah. The guy who's sitting by the window always has to go to the bathroom when I've so right like got my laptop I and I got my coffee. <laughs>
2: That's right. The
1: worst absolute time. I'm so sorry, man, but you mind? I've, yeah,
2: just, you don't know, need to go to the bathroom. What are you going to say?
1: Like you fucking piss your pants. No, I'm not getting up. Fuck you. I mean, it's what I want to say. But I mean, then I'm like, hold, it. then I'm holding my laptop and my coffee. I right. get turbulent and it's like, you know, gonna, I'm about,
2: I pour it and it's. And by the time you sit back down, get the laptop back up, get the coffee going, now he's back. Now, he's now back. he wants to come back in again. Get back up, fold everything up, get it, you know, stand up, and now he goes back in. And then the guy sitting in front of you. <laughs> Oh, this, man, you see, the seat Nazis. So let's talk about that for a minute. By the way, can we, Let maybe let's, we should, let's go for one other one. Yeah, and then I know. Let we're going to stress ourselves out here. I know. Uh,
1: what do you I want think, to do next? Um, I want to stay in the style, you know, the kind of style we're in. Let's go to Michter's tenure. Right? Oh, I, I think Michter's is a great oh,
2: Michter's brand. Michter's,
1: they're wonderful.
2: They are. Let
1: me see. Yeah. There
2: we go. Thank you.
1: And by the way, if you run out of glasses, I got a case.
2: Um, I saw, very right nice. Now, as a parting, these are Fred Minnick official. Uh, gl- is it co- pronounced Glen Cairn? Yeah, Glen Cairn. Glen yeah. Cairn glasses. As a guest to
1: the show. Yes, you get I mean, as, I, since yeah. you
2: don't have, um, since you don't have the um, the home game version of the Fred Minnick show. Uh, this Can this be my parting gift?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes? You will probably end up with a few parting gifts. That would be, ooh. But, I don't know. Uh, this is. Mm. Uh, and to include a bottle of uh, of Michter's or two, or ooh, maybe really? a
2: couple others, I'll, I'm going to hook you up, man. I like that. It's not. That's it's, it's all a bonus. So which Michter's are we drinking right now? This is a 10-year-old. Uh, this is their latest
1: uh, uh, single barrel of the 10-year. Mm. And the thing that, this one's been getting a lot of publicity. Um, from from a uh, Rob Port and like Vine Pear, like a lot of like tasters have really really liked this edition. I will look forward to hearing what you think. This to me, this is a a creme brulee meets bananas Foster. It's um it's got a lot of really um kind of like like a creme brulee everyone always thinks it's it's like sweet and it is but there's like a burnt kind of like spicy note in a creme brulee mm-hmm. that's really particular to me and um you know this has it and i've i've tasted this a couple times and it's uh it's
2: quite good i like this a lot and i and again Mictur's is, is one of my favorite labels going but this is especially good. Lots of kick to it. You mentioned the the fruity. You mentioned bananas Foster, mm-hmm. and it's and I'm totally impressionable. By the way, if you say banana, <laughs> and then I start thinking, oh, do I have banana in there? <gasps> yes, I do. I'm totally impressionable. Um, I swear there is some of that in there. It's a, it's a little bit almost buttery to me. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is really kind of in my wheelhouse because it's got enough spicy and sweet in equal measure that I really like. Ooh. Yeah.
1: This is one where. Uh... We get in trouble on. Mm-hmm. It goes down too easy.
2: Now, if I were to guess the proof on this, and I don't know, I would guess this is 98 proof.
1: They are 90... Oh, I'm sorry. give me a second here. Ninety-four proof. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that wasn't bad. It's not bad that's, at all. By the way, know, if the price pappy, is right rules. I, I just lost. The but. the pappy was one o seven. Is one o seven. Is so. it really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't you, know you, that. You're gonna taste a couple that are in like the one twenties.
2: So. And I'm you know what? I'm okay with that yeah. because I've changed. This you know I you know I started like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I started at eighty, and I've just been slow over the years incrementing up, and yeah. I'm still not chugging bookers, but you know I'll drink it, but sure. I'm not having five bookers i'm not well, there yet give it time give it time i know I'm, time. I'm heading that way so the the people in front of you and the, on the plane yeah if when you put your seat back you know you are bothering the person behind you yeah accepting like an overnight flight wherever everybody's back and sleeping, sure right sure you know you're you know you're being an ass and you're doing it anyway it's just like the ultimate disregard for humanity and the person behind you because you are giving them a materially worse flight and we're already Yes, and there's
1: no cramped. comfortability to be had from leaning your ba- your, leaning it back because if you get yourself in a comfortable position, as you're about to land, they're going to tell you to raise it up anyway. So I'm like, it's not comfortable for me to lean it back, mm-hmm. but it's very comfortable for me to lean my head on the seat in front of me. That's how I sleep. How? I just you like the tray. You like you open up the tray. No, I just put my head in between the tray and the and the little cushion.
2: How? That's how I sleep. That's, you
1: just sleep like this. Yeah, I mean you got. to remember. I've never seen
2: that ever in my life. I've never that, seen. That's do how that. I sleep
1: on a plane. You got to remember, you I was, sleep that way at home. Uh, I mean, it's I like I,
2: walk up to a wall, just thunk.
1: I mean, I could.
2: Could you really?
1: I was in the army. Never forget. Never forget a soldier's of, ability throughout life <laughs> to be able to sleep anywhere at any time i literally slept on cattle uh cattle trailers and one time i was on a, i was on a march i fell asleep while i was on the march and woke what? up 15 miles later <laughs> still walking marching what yeah i was marching and i was still walking i hadn't slept and we i woke up like 15 miles later it was a, it was a 25 mile march now granted wow. I could have been in so much pain I just kind of blocked that all the time out. That's your, it's your walker's high. But like we would be, like when I was in Iraq, I would be in a striker and inside it's 140 degrees. Everyone's like panicking and all that. I'm like, oh, it's a good time to take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, leave my head back and nap and people were like, what the hell's wrong with you? We could have literally been blown up like, yeah, well, I didn't have duty, so just nap.
2: (laughs) I didn't know you are in Iraq until now. This is all yeah. new to me. I had yeah. no idea. You mentioned 104 degrees. I've had friends. In Minnesota, we talk about the weather all the time. And we complain about it all the time.
1: I mean, you all complain but about 78 degrees being hot. We do. I and mean, it's ridiculous. I
2: got a, I've got. got friends, like most of us, we know people who have been to Iraq and or Afghanistan. And, and he said, it gets to the point where you, the heat is so much that when it's 90, you're cold. And he said, we, it'd be 90 degrees out and we're... We're 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 putting on hoodies and stuff because we're cold at ninety because you get so used to one hundred ten.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I don't remember many ninety degree days, but I do remember, and I was in northern Iraq. It snowed. Oh wow! And like kids were coming out playing, and it was like it was it was a really it was a really cool day. Um, but well, snowing, like, yeah, yeah. But it was it was that's the only really cold day I can remember. But if you went. If you went to like kirkuk or erbil that's it that's northern northern iraq and it's mm-hmm. really cool. it can get really cold there but where i was it was mostly just hot hot as, hot as yeah, well yeah, yeah. So. no doubt so let's get back to the uh the athletes gr- great athletes yeah that drinking now you had the boston red sox teams pounding beers right yeah you know, in the clubhouse that ended up being a real big deal it, major league baseball ended up changing everything Because of, they changed their alcohol rules uh, based on that. And, you know, I just, I I, that always kind of like, I always wonder, like, can't these guys just have a drink? Can't they have fun? Like, everyone, they get, like, a bigger spotlight on them. It just kind of always bugs me.
2: Well, to me, it all depends on who's doing the drinking. Like, if you are the starting pitcher, and now you're out of the game, you're not going in the game, so what's the harm? What's the point? You know, if you are a pinch hitter, you might not want to have three beers before you get up to the plate. Yeah. And,
1: it, and it's like, you know, baseball's like, maybe you all focus on the steroid issue that you have because this is when that was happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, and instead of like Beckett and, and drinking beer. I mean, whatever. Beer. But uh, one of one of, a great Red Sox who had been brought up in that Twitter feed we talked about was Wade Boggs. Wade yes. Boggs is apparently uh, an iconic drinker.
2: That's, and this is mostly according to Wade Boggs, by the way. I mean, this is, you know, this is him bragging about his own drinking. Now, he claims, famously, that on a cross-country trip, Boston to L.A., he drank 107 beers on one, what would have been roughly six-hour flight. Mm. Now, Andre the Giant claims he had 108 in one hour. That makes 107 beers in six hours seem more plausible, but we're still at, Fred, like 18 beers an hour, which Mm -hmm. now we're down to a beer every, what, Four minutes?
1: I don't think a man of that size could pull it off because you're looking at kidney issues. Uh, you're looking at, like, uh, I mean, really, it's what can the kidneys take. Now, there's no hard alcohol in there. And if it was maybe 3.2 beer, like maybe he mm. bought the beer from Utah, <laughs> you know, it, maybe maybe there's a chance. Yeah. But I, I'm not buying Wade Boggs here. Now, Wade Boggs, a legend, don't get me wrong. Right. Icon, but I'm not buying you on that one,
2: Wade. I'm not either. Now... I assume you have seen the episode of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" that relates to this. No, have you ever seen any "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia"?
1: Yeah, you. But I kind of like get they start eating. At some point, they start eating crow eggs or something. Yeah, that sounds right. That that sounds right. It's there's
2: pretty much nothing that's off limits there.
1: I mean, they just they're very strange.
2: Yeah. So in the episode, the gang and there's four of them. They decide they're going to take the. They're going to. They're going to try to beat Wade Boggs's flight and so they're trying to go cross country and have the 100, 107 beers that Wade Boggs claimed to, to claim to have. And it's a very funny episode. actually most of them are and it's a very good show. It's crass mm. and really, really funny. Um, but the episode does you know get, it's, it, it's all about it's all about trying to beat Wade Boggs. I love it. it. It is. It's great. By the way, Wade Boggs, 3,000 hits, 33rd in career batting average all time, inducted into the hall of fame of 2005. And he was an eight time silver slugger
1: and no steroids.
2: No, we have no reason to think he's never been connected yeah. to steroids. I, I don't know why
1: I feel like pointing that out just because of the has been so marred by people taking steroids. And we're at the point now as the sun is beating us down on the face. Um, you know, we're at the point now where it's like there's an assumption, like, you know, and also, who cares anymore?
2: <laughs> but wait. I care. I do care. I, I am. I'm a purist I'm, too. You good, know, you should I, be. But I feel
1: beat down at, at on this on this topic. I really do, because you know you hear people talk about like, uh, well, everybody was taking them and blah 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 blah. But I'm like, you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Um and uh, Barry, Bonds, Barry Bonds famously yes you know those are the three that always come to mind and I remember uh, watching them play and my heart pounding getting so excited and then like and then it didn't have you know then you find out they're steroids and then you have like Ryan Braun with the you know the fake p-test or the p testing. thing just so yeah. much stuff it just get tired of it you know I think I'm going to close that all right yeah it's all good Jason, we'll cut on that.
2: Thanks, Jason.
1: I can't handle that sun anymore. I don't
2: think yeah, I can... and you were going to be in the blast radius for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like,
2: it was. You know, for me, it was just like a little bit moving across my forehead. <laughs> you were, you were full on.
1: Yeah, look at that. So we're still looking good, though.
2: We do look good. <sighs> All right.
1: Yeah. So the whole the whole steroid scandal. Yeah. Uh, just. It ruined, the way they handled it and the way that some people defended it, to me, ruined
2: baseball. It, it,
1: that's, it well, ruined baseball.
2: Here's what I hated, is they knew it! Everybody knew it! This was not even a secret. The public knew it. Everybody knew it. But baseball was trying to bounce back from their lost season, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted baseball to come back and succeed, so we collectively turned our heads, and it was a... Absolute disgrace, and you know, and it wasn't like we didn't know. We all, yeah. yeah, hated it. One
1: of the uh the hardest one for me was a was my childhood icon as a slugger, and that was Kevin Mitchell from uh, oh yeah from San, San Francisco. Diego, San Francisco. San Francisco, San Francisco. Thank you. And he hit forty nine home runs, and I remember when he hit forty nine home runs. To me, that because this was back when like thirty five. Well, yeah, it was a lot, right? A yeah. Lot. yeah, yeah and it was like 49 was just like so amazing and yeah yeah but he got tied to and that kind of kind of broke my heart took I away know. my you know my childhood past so uh so wade boggs though in the hall of fame didn't use steroids no and exactly has some drinking powers had his,
2: had his player uh his number retired by two different teams mm-hmm. people forget about the many years he spent in tampa as yeah. well yeah uh so wade boggs
1: so now let's Here's go to, you.
2: to
1: uh, Smoke Wagon.
2: Now, I saw Smoke Wagon on the shelf in Champaign, Illinois last night, and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful bottle. Mm-hmm. And I assumed, I'm with my wife, and we were we decided we we're going to definitely try new new bourbons we hadn't had before. Okay. Um, but I was worried it was going to be literally like smoke-infused, which I dislike a great deal. I don't generally like the flavored, the, the flavored whiskeys, bourbons. Sure. A good um, man for that, by the way. Why, thank you. And I don't just mean, like, fireball, right? Mm -hmm. Which is obvious, you know, and I'm not having Honey Jack. You know, that goes without saying. Um, But there are a lot of people, screwball, whatever. Yeah, not peanut butter crap. Yeah, we're we're not doing that.
1: So, Smoke Wagon is distilled in Indiana, and a guy in Las Vegas uh, blends it. Okay. And, like, uh, uh, Nevada and Las Vegas have very unique uh, uh, permits that doesn't really allow him to do much distilling and so he is a blender so what he does is he gets the barrels from uh, from indiana and and blends them there and he also does contract distillation uh... and and so he has a distillery in indiana that will make whiskey to his specs and so oh. so this is the uh, the small batch uh... product and it's one of those that the guy's a big character um, and he is a i would say like a rising
2: star in, wow uh,
1: in the in the in the bourbon scene,
2: but he lives in Las Vegas. Yeah, lives in okay. Vegas. Okay, yeah. and just does work in Indiana. That's a pretty good life, yeah. by the way. I'd like to ret- I'd like to. Sp- I'd like to live in Las Vegas and just have my work be somewhere else. A lot of cocaine there. That's not why. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I bet you can find cocaine anywhere if you really want yeah, to. I know, maybe but maybe like- even Louisville. Is by the way, can we get to the bottom of Louisville? Louisville. 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 Louisville.
1: Yeah. So it's like uh, so a guess, Louisville.
2: Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Man, it sounds like I've already had 25 drinks, so I'm going Louisville. I mean, I'm, I'm really my, marbled mouth at that point, right? That's
1: probably why it came up that way is because we drink so much in the city. Which our bars so, don't close till 4.
2: So. What? Seriously? Yeah. That's awesome. Man, that's fantastic. The, um, you know, as Minnesota guy, I want to go, oh, it's Louisville. You know, yeah. and then, you know, you instantly out yourself as being just, you know, you, you couldn't, obviously, not only am I not from Louisville, but I'm not from anything even close to there, you know?
1: Well, you know, phonetically, maybe we got it all wrong, but, you know, Kentucky doesn't pronounce anything uh, accurately or spell it accurately. Um, like Frankfurt is spelled differently here than it is in Germany. Oh. Uh Versailles is spelled the same as Versailles in French, but you but say it. A, we say Versailles.
2: Versailles. Yeah. Okay. You know,
1: which is the home of Woodford Reserve, by the way. Okay. And so there's all kinds of of little things, like little nuance with the language here. And, and you know what? I mean, Kentuckians, we are. And I'm I'm from Oklahoma, but I've been adopted by the state or the Commonwealth. Uh,
2: how how much time has to go by before your adoption goes through? You
1: either have to marry a Kentuckian Okay. or you have to become a Kentucky colonel. <laughs> and, and, I, and I got uh achieved both. So really? Like, yeah. So okay. that's the uh that's the You
2: were you were a colonel. I'm a Kentucky colonel. How do you become a Kentucky colonel? Uh
1: somebody has to nominate you and the governor has to approve you. Really? Yeah.
2: Is that how E. H. Taylor became a colonel? Or was uh, he like a yeah, military see, colonel?
1: So he's part of the Kentucky Colonels, yeah. So really? like same as like um like Colonel Sanders, the uh, KFC, yeah. and all that sort of thing, yeah. Like Kentucky Colonels. I mean this the uh the what was the league that was competing it was the ABA, that's was competing against yeah. the NBA. Yep, yeah. The Louisville Colonels was the ah. the Kentucky Colonels. That, that was our team here.
2: I had no idea. And I, I always could, assumed that e, Colonel E.H. Taylor and the Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel, Colonel Sanders were legitimate army colonels.
1: Yeah, they were colonels, Kentucky Colonels. They were
2: just anointed Colonelship.
1: Yeah. It's I had no the, idea. That's the way. Yeah.
2: How, so who nominates you?
1: Uh, somebody within the the organization.
2: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So And you have to be like in the modern sense, you have to be a philanthrop philanthropic person.
2: So you can Do you consider yourself to be a philanthropic oh, person? Oh man, I you, you just gave me some pappy, so yeah. I I would go to the I would go to war for you here. <laughs> You know, so yes <laughs> i
1: I pride myself on uh, on that i love I love raising money for charity All absolutely
2: right. yeah fantastic so this smoke smoke wagon smoke wagon the smoke wagons you've you have dialed into my taste profile this is really good as well and also really spicy
1: and you know there's a touch of cornbread in this I don't know if you like cornbread but mm-hmm. it's uh like the sweet kind like the jiffy cornbread.
2: This is um. This is in addition to being spicy. You mentioned cornbread and again. You're, you're planting tastes in my head a little bit. I get a little vanilla in this. Okay. Um, and I guess you know I can I can be wrong, but. I don't, you know, I'm entitled I'm to my own flavor profile on this. You just killed the whole glass, too. I did. You Is that really, okay? No, that's fine. Oh, I mean, it's, we'll have to it's re-pour. Really, it's really good. We'll have to re-pour for your taste-off. But yeah. Oh, uh, you might have. I didn't even think about that. I mean, but I didn't. I didn't, well, I didn't, and actually, I didn't even know we were having the taste-off, so I, I killed off my previous one, too, the well, mixers. But that's okay. We got plenty.
1: Oh, and, and I asked you to save some, uh, some, some pappy. pappy which you, I did.
2: And you did, so at All least right. you're following okay. instructions. All right. So. palate cleansing talk to me about palate cleansing before we get to our next athlete here
1: yeah um, so palate cleansing is a is a to each his own kind of person and i am a i am of the style that uh soda water is a great cleanser you know it gets in there bubbles up your palate uh if i want to be very extravagant about it you know i would throw on some like fatty cheese like a Munster cheese and have it like uh, kind of fatten up and then like uh, swish and then have an almond which would be bitter. Yeah. And then swish again and then like a, a basic uh, water cracker uh, where if you can't taste the water cracker or feel it on your tongue then your palate's shot. Okay. So like that's uh, that's kind of like my basic uh, technique but everybody everybody's different and in, in some people it's more important to reset their, their nose and so they'll smell like a coffee bean Okay. Uh, uh, some people actually going back to armpits. uh will, <laughs> will smell their armpit.
2: What? You know? So, yeah. okay, wait. I'm, I'm imagining a scenario. You were or at their, the or
1: their elbow. You know, they'll smell their elbow, their armpit. You
2: know. So if they... No, I don't know. You're <laughs> Fred. You're at the World Whiskey Championships, or you know whatever right? this thing is, right? And it hit my... <clears throat> there you go. Nice. It, 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 which you won that for
1: no it's actually it's actually my competition uh, American spirits Council of tasters oh okay I, I have my own competition now I've been um, nice for years I've been a judge on other people's competitions right. like world whiskey awards uh, San Francisco world spirits competition just to name a couple um, and I you know decided to do my own oh
2: cool and uh, yeah um yeah if you need anybody well- <laughs> <laughs> so when you're at one of these prestigious whether it's yours or somebody else's and the judge next to you, sniff, like a big old sniff of the armpit. That's normal and accepted. And is there any other uh, walk you, of life in which you can get away with that?
1: No. So that's not happening. You know, I would hope uh, they're, not. They're not doing it there. But like, if you, if it's all about resetting your nose and resetting, mm-hmm. you know, so you smell something that you're familiar with, and and it's like, and it will, whatever it is. And I do know someone who smells their armpit. Really? And I and I had a woman who was on my uh, for my film that I did for my competition. She talked about smelling her elbow, you know, the inside of her, her elbow. elbow pit. Yeah, her elbow pit. And it it is a it is a common thing. You have to find something. I don't need to reset my nose. Like my nose is like it's just always there. It's more my palate that I would have to like reset or make sure it's okay. Okay. But everybody's different. It's kind of like. You know, I mean, I really do equate uh, tasting. uh, It's akin to athletics for me. Like it's like some people are fast and can catch balls, and some people are linemen. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, some people have um, the ability to play for fifteen years without missing a game. Some people are injured all the time. Yes, you know. So it's it is a uh, it's it's a very interesting you know similarity for me
2: speaking of short-lived athletes mm-hmm. let's transition to two okay maurice claret oh yeah. you remember maurice claret, claret. oh uh, sorry uh, ohio state running mm-hmm. back very good uh but while at ohio state arrested at least once and convicted of two counts of armed robbery yeah and then rolls into the draft, and he he sued the NFL to enter the draft early right. because Ohio State had basically washed their hands of him, and he lost that lawsuit. And then he rolls into the next draft, and every everybody knows there's like every single warning sign is there. Like, right. do not draft this guy. Broncos took him last pick of the third round, and I lost fifty dollars because I had bet a buddy he would not go in the top three rounds. Mm-hmm. He made it to the last pick of the third round and I had to pay my buddy Henry Lake fifty bucks. Mm. And Clarette shows up at training camp. He's overweight. And he's got this water bottle he's taken everywhere with him. And the coach is like, What's going on with the water bottle? And eventually some trainer gets the picks up the water bottle. He's got gray goose in his water bottle. He's chugging gray goose in training camp and they cut his ass. Wow. Yeah. Well, Maurice it's another Claret. reason
1: another reason why vodka sucks, folks. It's <laughs> <That, laughs> if you needed another reason why vodka sucks. <laughs> you know, he was so amazing too, uh, that freshman year at yeah. Ohio State. I and that's a sad it's a very, very sad story. Um and and it's it, it's one of those where when people, you know, it with what I do, when when people have a problem with alcohol, like there's an actual component of like they're drinking to cope or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous and scary. And I hope anyone gets help. And I and I and I don't know. I know that story, but I've never followed up to find out what happened
2: to well, him. Well, I can tell you a little bit. What happened? It to has him. A, a relatively happy ending. Um, he's been sober for a long time. Um, he's uh, got does basically a speaking tour on the dangers of alcohol abuse, and he has a business podcast that he does that's about business issues somehow and so it seems like it's ultimately turned out okay for maurice claret which is which is is good for him
1: but i mean really though uh you know i i i and this goes to a little bit back to you know leagues and everything but the way the ncaa has just kind of like held people's lives in their hands. Yeah. You know, that's one where that could have been prevented. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know what would have happened in his life had he gotten that opportunity to be in that draft. But that's one where, you know, he, he was an adult. He could have went and died for his country. And, yeah. But he couldn't He couldn't take advantage of his skill sets.
2: Well, or his name, image, image and likeness, which right. now he could as a, as a high-profile college player, a star running back for Ohio State. He would have made a lot of money on his name, image, and likeness, and then maybe he's not doing armed robbery to get a cell phone and a hundred bucks, you know, out of some couple. Yeah. So yeah, NCAA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I
1: I'm not as I'm not a fan of those new rules, but at the same time, I understand, and they're just it's so broken. And now that Texas and Oklahoma <laughs> are gonna basically. The Beginning, the it's it's the beginning of the end, yeah. It's it's going to be the, the
2: have the haves and have have nots on yeah. uh, name, image, and likeness. <clears throat> well heeled boosters are going to throw massive amounts of money, yeah, at kids that they want to attract to their programs. What that, that's uh, gonna happen?
1: What car dealership do you want to play for, son?
2: Exactly, <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. That's... And what car
2: do you want to drive? Yeah, <laughs> that's that is coming for oh, sure. Oh boy, for or sure. If it
1: was in Kentucky. You got a bourbon you like, son? Well, I'm not 21, sir. Oh, now that
2: don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I, I, and I, by the way, I just I want to believe mythically that Kentucky has really relaxed rules on a lot of things that have to do with alcohol. I just wanted to be sort of turn back the clock, not in a dangerous way, but in a romanticized way.
1: Well, um, you know, there's there's a, absolutely it has on, on a lot of things, but you got to remember that we're we are still um, after after prohibition. The states got the opportunity to make the decisions on their alcohol laws, and that would be passed down to the counties, and then be passed down to the townships. So that's why you know, in the state of Washington, there is a state tax of an ungodly amount um, on on whatever alcohol you buy. I mean, yeah. it's like thirty five percent. Yeah. In, and here you know if you are a Creator of alcohol, your product can be taxed. To, you know, like right, I forget the amount, but you you end up paying like sixty percent in taxes what? before it get. You know, when you buy it, when you pull it off the shelf, it's like sixty percent of taxes is is basically the bottom. Jeez, and um, you know, so that that part of things it is it has uh, not progressed a lot, but things like allowing a distiller to sell to an individual at a mm-hmm. distillery was a lot of uh lobbying and fighting for for that law uh getting people to ship yeah uh, we're in a major we're in a major fight right now in this country to allow alcohol to be shipped you know we can ship um so many things right yeah not alcohol yeah and 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 everyone always says well what if a uh what if a 14 year old right with mom's package.
2: credit card right no. exactly well you know what
1: uh during the pandemic kids were caught you know dressing up as grandmas and going to the liquor stores <laughs> you know so it's just you know yeah. fedex to me fedex is probably more capable of uh id checking a kid than uh than uh, than a lot of bars are so. yeah but we still have a lot of dry counties you know we still have a lot of weird blue laws but you know, for the most part, it has advanced here.
2: Good. Speaking of advancing, let's let's advance to our 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 next drink, if you don't yes, mind. Yes, and I will add to the problem, uh, drinkers. One of
1: uh from my alma mater, Oklahoma State, uh, and who had a. Uh, I don't know where to take you now.
2: I, I, you know, I think I'm, we're gonna
1: we're gonna go down a grain highway here. So okay, get, get your bread mind on.
2: Bread mind.
1: Yeah, you know, think about breads. Okay, all right. Eddie Sutton, uh, the basketball coach for Oklahoma State yeah, and classic. for uh, for Kentucky, had a major drinking problem, and um, he he meant a lot to me personally.
2: Really? And he how did your paths cross?
1: Well, I was a student there, you know. Mm-hmm. We won a lot of basketball games, and that was an exciting. Thing for me to witness and just partake in but okay
2: when you said personally i was under the impression you may have had a personal well, relationship. well i
1: guess that would be at that time it felt personal okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh but like so eddie sutton you know incredibly human being uh but you know he was he was always drinking and you know i had a distiller tell me that they used to bring him bourbon all the time when he was wow. here yeah you know and it, and it was like he's like yeah we would just pick him up bring him to the distillery take him back <laughs> you know and so this is this is not a good state to be mm-hmm. if you have alcohol problems because the phone calls from the distillers are very quick
2: i bet they are they well are especially quick. if you're a high profile basketball coach yeah, exactly I, I could really use a case of that okay i mm-hmm. will have it there in two hours this is Penelope.
1: I've uh, never heard of it. This is a uh, this is called Penelope Bourbon. It's a four grain barrel uh, barrel strength. That's made at Castle and Key Distillery. It's contract distilled, 116 proof. Ooh, all right. And um, let's see. I'll, I'll tell you what the grains are. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know them off the top of my head, but uh, but you know it's four grain. I know there's four of them.
2: Hopefully, sand. It's not one of the grains.
1: Not it here. It, you know. I'm just going to take Weed. a guess.
2: Wheat, rye, corn, barley. That's okay,
1: to, that's that seems safe, right? Yeah. And, and this whole exercise has made me realize that I need a uh, a new prescription for my body. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I'm like...
2: <laughs> I, you know, I noticed that, and I'm thinking to myself, he's the guy wearing glasses. You yeah. should not have a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. If it's not in my memory bank, you know. And which so much of this stuff is in my memory, I don't even look at the labels.
2: Mm. wow I held that in my mouth a while and it built up a blast through my sinuses mm-hmm. almost to a painful level um that was that was harsh for me this one was tricky it's a uh, it's packing some heat it
1: it's, is um it's young and who you're coming off you're also coming off some stellar bourbons
2: i am coming off some stellar bourbons let's this go one, to this one penelope this was trickier for me let's go to
1: um uh, let's go to this one this is uh this is parker's heritage from heaven hill okay it is a it's 96 proof This was from 2013. Are you out of glass?
2: My my final glass right here. I got more. Heaven's Hill, you say? Yeah, Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill.
1: And it's a... um, This is 2013. This was Mm -hmm. on my list of uh, uh, best bourbons of the century so far. And um, money from this bottle and this... um, it goes to raise money for the ALS Foundation. Oh, fantastic! Because uh, Parker Beam died of uh, of ALS, and he was one of my he was one of my mentors. Wow! So just a just a great human being, and yeah. um
2: kind I lost a distiller. I lost a friend to uh, uh, ALS. Uh, my wife and I did, and what a brutal yeah. process! Just. Not to bring down the tenor of this uh, amazingly fun podcast sure but, but what a yeah. worthwhile cause we could certainly yeah, say that absolutely um, and it is uh, it's not something that you, you wish on anybody all right this one doesn't have doesn't smell nearly as spicy and proofy as the others oh boy <laughs> that was a good old boy right <sighs> oh. not the same as a good old boy mm-hmm. although I'm in Kentucky. We can, do people throw around good old boy here in Kentucky? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, it's still... And bourbon's still a largely a good old boy. I got a y'all. I've only been in town for, like, four hours. I got a y'all already, which I thought was great.
1: I love that you're staying in Jeffersonville.
2: It seems nice.
1: Yeah, because you get a great view of the city.
2: Um. Okay, so... Let me do the best. Let me do my best to describe this one, um, which, after the others, feels very tame from a just mm-hmm. you know a spice kick proof standpoint. But it's a very sophisticated uh, flavor sensation that's happening through this. It's not sweet really to me at all. Um, oily is not. I don't want to say oily because it's not oily, but it doesn't have the same sort of texture to it. You know what i'm talking about like some some um, will be some will have a different some bourbons will have different textures i'm gonna leave just a little bit behind
4: um
2: i get i don't get fruity i don't get sweet um i get oaky okay um i'm
1: gonna throw a note your way all right I don't want you to take it just because I say it. Okay. You have to really think about it. All right. Molasses. Mmm. Which is not necessarily well, inherently sweet. It's kind
2: of funky sometimes. And I don't get the sweet part of it, but I get that maple leaf uh, flavor from it that you're describing. I can see that. I right know. I can see that. I like it. Um, you know, out of, it, one of the things that draw, draw my, drew my eye to this guy right here mm-hmm. is that it looks like it's in a wine bottle yeah. and you know, you've got to have the bottle is so important to anybody who doesn't know what they're asking for. And they're just going by, you know, the bottle, the eye appeal, the bottle is so important. Right. You better love what's inside the bottle. If you put it in this.
1: All right, let's you got to
2: have a lot of confidence.
1: So this is—I don't know what it is. This is from the people who make barrel bourbon. Mm. It's stellum. It's a blend of straight. So this is a distiller. They—they they have distillate uh, from um, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee, and blend those bad boys for this yeah. And speaking of labels that are hard to read, I have never I met anyone no, who can read blue that's, blue. No, that's
2: nope. Light blue on dark blue is not happening. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, Wah. It's going to be 160 proof. And by the way, <laughs> what is what is the most proof? What is just all alcohol? Is that, what is that proof? You um, know?
1: So all alcohol would be 100 proof.
2: 100, or, I mean, not 100
1: proof, but 200. 200. 200, 200 okay. Proof. So right. proof is basically doubled uh, alcohol by Percentage. volume. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. And so like and this is uh, ethanol and vodka are basically made the same way <laughs> so you, they're distilled at the, at 190 proof or above mm-hmm. and basically to be close as possible to pure alcohol and they just in to make vodka you know they, they just cut it, it they cut it with water yeah or in the fact in the case of Tito's uh, ship it down to Texas and distill it there and then cut it with water
2: there you go. <laughs> I love your disdain for vodka. That's fantastic. I, I think that's great. Uh, let's talk about Max McGee for a minute. All right. Are you familiar with this story? I don't know Max McGee's story. Max McGee was a, uh, a relatively famous Packer during their early Super Bowl run and their pre-Super Bowl dominating phases with Vince Lombardi. And the story goes like this. It's the night before Super Bowl one. Now, in fairness, the Super Bowl is not yet the Super Bowl.
1: I also feel like this should have, like, it's a night before Christmas.
2: <laughs> and all through <laughs> Green Bay. Um, not a jockstrap Ma- stirring. <laughs> <laughs> McGee, Max McGee is a third or fourth string wide receiver who caught four passes mm-hmm. on the season to set this up. And it's the night before the Super Bowl. And... He breaks curfew, sneaks out of the team hotel, and Vince Lombardi's the coach. That takes stones by itself. Right. And he finds two stewardesses, as they were then called, Mm -hmm. and decides to spend the night getting hammered with the stewardesses. 6.30 the next morning, he's staggering into the hotel, Bart Starr is coming out of the hotel because he was an early riser who wanted to get a jump on his day and he sees Max McGee come in hammered game starts now it's now it's it's, it's game day uh, a few hours later they're off to the stadium and they're playing the game four plays in the starting wide receiver Boyd Dowler gets knocked out of the game and now Max has to play he's still drunk <laughs> <laughs> Max goes on, who caught four passes all year. He caught six passes, 138 yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. Still drunk from the night before.
1: And, you know, who knows what <laughs> happened with the, uh, stewardess. and the Stewardesses. Oh. That's right. Cheers uh, to Mr. McGee. Max <laughs> McGee. All <Wow>. right. <laughs> that's iconic legend stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. didn't John Daly win a major loaded?
2: He won two. <laughs> he won the PGA and he won the British Open and it wouldn't surprise me if he was. He's yeah, certainly he, on our list by the uh, way. Yeah, he
1: he he was always uh drinking. And I remember I remember the one thing I remember about him when, in terms of his like um, alcohol use was he was on the Dan Patrick show and he, he kind of came up and then he started talking about his wives. And, he, t- and he's, he made the comment... Four of them. Yeah, and he made the comment, he's like, he's like if my wives aren't, you know, having sex with me, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to get it somewhere else. <laughs> and I remember thinking, <laughs> it, I was just like, God, what a horrible thing to say to your wife. Yeah. I'm, I I don't I love being married, I love my wife, I just, I can't imagine that. Just to,
2: will, that always bugged me. Well, and you know, what do you expect back then? So if you say that to your wife, what... What, what kind of expectation yeah, can you have I mean, coming back? That yeah. she's going to sit at home while you're on a four, you know, four, you're doing four straight away mm-hmm. events and she's just going to sit at home? I think, you know, I'm like, I'm glad they divorced your ass, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's. He's shit. not a sympathetic character, really. No, he is not. Now, when John Daly came on the scene of the PGA, he was a straight up phenom and he ended up winning Rookie of the Year the, right. the, for his first year on the tour with the the crazy, crazy crushing drives that he would have that the tour had basically never seen before. And then he parlayed that into wins, especially earlier in his career. He had 17 tour wins, John Daly did. And if you don't remember the early days of John Daly, you'll remember the end when he was staggering around courses and, you know... At one point, I, re- I remember him trying to get over a water hazard mm-hmm. in one of his final later tournaments, and he hits it in the water. And you can just drop, but he's like, "No, I'm gonna hit it again." Hits it in the water, doesn't drop. Hits it in the water. 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 Ends up shooting like a 15 on the hole. Wow. and the, you know there and we remember you know seeing him physically shaking the Diet Coke can in his hand he's got the cigarette he's not supposed you're not supposed to smoke on the course when you're in these tournaments right <laughs> he's smoking and he's shaking and you remember the end of John Daly but you don't remember the beginning very much when he was yeah he was not it wasn't like he was Tiger Woods for Tiger Woods but he was an absolute female when yeah. John and Daly was. you got first a one or two on.
1: if like the alcohol didn't come to cope with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to, like, when there's problems with alcohol, which, you know, I am a professional taster, and I work very hard to, like, kind of manage my load, mm-hmm. if you will, like the NBA does. Like, <laughs> um, I bet. I, I, and, and, like, also, you know, it, ha- it takes a toll on me weight-wise, so I, I have to be careful with the with the intake. Um, and, you know, I when I can't taste something... Like if I can't taste it, I won't touch it, mm. it because that's when I know that I'm drinking to Too drink much. yeah, and not to taste. Um, and so like I have I have an anniversary, a couple Iraq related anniversaries where mm. I won't I won't taste because I know that there's a part of me that still is, you know, can be triggered for whatever happened to me there. You know, wow. it's, it's 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 a the brain and the palate. Are so intertwined, no doubt. So intertwined, and if you can connect your brain to your palate to understand it, you can prevent yourself from you know some of that stuff. Now, don't get me wrong; I'll be hanging with some buddies and like (laughs) you know just having a good time, and like shit, (laughs) fuck, I gotta, ah, you know, I just had too much. It happens, but but that's like in the in the festive moment. That's not a um that's not a, a a sipping or trying to be professional kind of thing it's it just happens but uh that being said what do you think of stellum?
2: um i thought this was i thought this was uh, good um and i liked the um i thought it was also oaky for me mm-hmm. did you do you get do you get oak vibes from this
1: i get a bitterness mm-hmm. and so that would be kind of fall that axis uh like like a walnut shell, a uh, pecan shell. Um... How do you
2: know what shells taste
1: like? Oh, have you ever cracked open a nut? And, sure, like, and, but like, not eaten the shell. But the it, part of the inside shell gets through there, like, mm. and it's like real bitter. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, it like cuts in from the... Um, you tear it off and it pulls some of the inside off. Yeah. You know, that's 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 the kind of bitterness I'm talking about.
2: See, no. the, you are just saying how the brain influences your palate. When you say molasses, I go, well, yeah, yeah, there could be molasses. <laughs> now you go. Now I don't even know what this, this this inner shell tastes like, but my brain is going, "Yeah, Fred's got a really good point. <laughs> yeah, that you know, I think I have tasted that. <coughs> so, that's, there two really are. It's I'm so suggestible this way. But
1: well, I it, think
2: many of us are.
1: That's the, that is the beauty of tasting. Is like finding your own path. You mm-hmm. know, finding your uh, like connecting your brain to your palate. And that's you know I've got a lot of stuff that I do that is. Is about teaching people to do that, but it's um, it, it people have to put in the work. It just doesn't come, you know. Yeah. And it, it is it is like working out. You have to train, and unfortunately, you know you, you tell you tell someone that like you know I just had, did something with Terry Bradshaw. He's like my preacher's not a big fan of me doing this. So <laughs> people people look at these things as just alcohol and just uh, just an intoxicant, but it's so much more. It's so much more.
2: And so we've been talking about athletes and alcohol. Mm-hmm. You just had Peyton Manning and yeah. Cooper Manning on, and we've seen a lot of musicians and now athletes that have got their names on on bottles. Yeah, uh, tell me broadly. You know, my for me, I'm always super suspicious right away when I see mm-hmm. somebody's when I see any public person's name on a bottle. If it's uh, you know Bob Dylan's got his uh, his. Heaven's, right. Heaven's, Heaven's door, Get, Heaven's which is door.
1: not very good. I don't like it. Yeah.
2: Um, Wayne Gretzky's got one. Um, By the
1: way, I I I um I got somebody from um, Bob Dylan was doing something, and they reached out to me to want to know if I would open um, open for him in terms of like talking about a cocktail and the whiskey, and and they they said we'd love to have you do it. And then they were like, Oh yeah, what do you think of the whiskey? Yeah, right. You
2: might want to ask that yeah. too. <laughs> I was like I was
1: like, Oh, it's horrible.
2: <laughs> Guess who did not get the gig? That's right. You're not gonna get that See, gig. See and, and,
1: and that's the thing, it's like I cannot lie. I cannot I cannot put on a face. I've only I have only put on a face and told someone one time that I thought their whiskey was good, and that was just because I knew they could not handle it.
2: Wow, okay.
1: And, and, but I've only done that. I, I am, you ask me, I'm going to tell you, I'll always give my honest opinion. And the minute I can't do that, I'm out. Right. No. And so... Well,
2: it, you know, you do that very often, and your integrity starts, you know, taking hits, and the public knows.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. And, like, you know, I, I did a blind tasting with uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw's bourbon in a, in a particular price category. And it took second out of a field of I think eight. And it's pretty
2: good, by the way.
1: Very good, and and he was like, uh, um, you know, he I did an event with him. He's like, man, you made my bourbon. You got it. he's like he's like, <laughs> like nobody. And I bought the bottle. They didn't send it to me. All right, nothing. Yeah. and it was just like. And like, and I did, I did Charles Woodson's bourbon and Charles Woodson's I bourbon, didn't know Charles Woodson had a bourbon. Yeah, All Charles right. Woodson has a bourbon and it is completely different. He's rapid aging it, but he's also doing some finishes with it. Uh, Charles also has a wine. Uh, he has some wine. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, but you know, Charles, you know, Charles is, you know, doing his thing. Terry's right. doing his thing. I mean, there's a lot of these people.
2: Doing okay. This. Rapid aging. I think this is bullshit. I know. I and a part of it's because I've, I've only tasted a couple, and I, it's been, to me, barely drinkable. And so my sample size is pretty small.
1: You want to taste Charles's stuff?
2: Sure. Um, here's my here's where I don't I don't understand the whole rapid aging thing. Fred, have you ever gone into the liquor store and said, you know what I want? I want an eight week old whiskey. Yeah, nobody. This is it's not anything anybody wants. I don't understand why the rapid aging is something that you can enter into the marketplace and just think that you're solving a marketplace problem is this well,
1: unfair this is not a consumer uh, or this is not a consumer uh, pool this is an industry push it, because,
2: absolutely
1: because it takes everything that we have the youngest thing we have tasted to date was this here a little over two years old
2: okay
1: uh, everything else was um, you know, five and over yeah you know you're starting a company you wanna wait five years before you get that's the, barrels. the hard part
2: you have no income for five years no income for five years and by the way you might uncork it at the end of five years and go let's well, trash yeah I mean now so what? that
1: that's where they are so there's been this has been going on since the 1800s people trying to solve this problem yeah and I wrote about this for the University of Oxford and it's like I, I chronicled like all these people who have created these methods and that are being reused today and they have all failed. Where we are different today is that they have better processes. And I swear to God, I recently tasted one that was a rye. I was like, Holy shit. This has pretty good. This has crossed the line. Okay. And it was Derek Jeter's uh Really. Derek Jeter has a piece of
2: it. Uh, okay. Is his name on it?
1: Uh, I don't think his name is on it, but uh, it's called Bespoken Spirits. Uh, okay, and then you have all these other people um, who are putting a lot of people are putting their names on it and everything. But this is Charles Woodson's. He does one of the processes, but the thing that he does that is different, where this one stands out a little bit differently, is that he's finishing it in wine barrels. So you're getting a, you get a little accent of, uh, of some of the wine there.
2: Okay. Hmm. It's it's the color is very. That's light, man. Yeah, it's very light, and yeah. it should be. It's strong and color. The smell is. But what these what these little.
1: processes are doing are are normally trying to take out the higher alcohols, mm-hmm. uh, which would have eventually be like uh, diffused by the barrel.
2: It's not bad. There's not much... There isn't a lot of flavor here. It doesn't have the harshness I usually associate yeah. with Young Whiskey. Um, yeah, so that's... I mean, that's so Charles... it Wh- that.
1: That's Charles Woodson's, man. I mean, so that's, it's, like, that's like him... It's uh, not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's got... You know the thing about Charles is he's a hustler. He's out there pushing it. You know, and that's which is a big deal. It, it's it's everything. It but like, difference. if you are if you are a if you are a bar in Las Vegas and you want to do a cocktail, you're you're putting this up against Jim Beam, uh, basic Evan Williams. You know those. And if Charles is going to come in, yeah, well, to do a yeah. dinner for you, well, yeah, that changes things. You know that changes everything. And that's yeah. what he's doing. And that's like why he's got like a, a little bit of an edge. Uh, it's because when you see when you see the the people who are behind the brands go out and push them, yeah, you you see a you see a difference, you know. And and Charles is an
2: absolute hustler, uh, good guy too. Is but he great? I've been you know having watched and and listened to many of your podcasts. I've been I've been really impressed with the athletes you've had on, and how articulate they are. How smart they are. Mm -hmm. In many cases, how well they even know this business. Yeah. In Dominican Sue. Yeah. Super sharp guy. Yeah. Really sharp. Cooper Manning seems like a lot more, even more fun than Peyton Manning. I mean, if I had to hang out with one of them, I think I'd rather hang out with Cooper. Yeah, Cooper, Cooper, I mean, somebody
1: may end up in jail (laughs) if you have a (laughs) night with Cooper. That was my takeaway. Uh, Let's Uh, just say there were some (laughs) edits that were made. Good. By my choice. Uh, But... Uh, yeah, and there's there are a lot of athletes getting in the game. Ed Belfort. Oh no, uh, kidding. The uh, the goalie. goalie, yeah, Hall of Fame goalie has mm-hmm. a brand out, and unfortunately, ap- not too long after he um, he 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 came out with this, he yeah. got like arrested for like a public intox. Ooh, and like yeah, that's the tricky side of this, know. right? I mean, you got to be responsible.
2: We've got a um, got somebody whose name I won't use in Minnesota, who is a, a great guy. Um, who launched a vodka line and then it went through a very, very public bout with alcoholism and recovery. And he's in the middle of that and he's still trying to push his vodka, but it's hard when, yeah. you know, you're, you're recovering, very public recovering alcoholic and it's, you know, it's, a, it's hard it's a to two- sell.
1: It's hard to sell alcohol, uh, but which by the way, Ed has not uh, gone on the wagon that he's as far as I know.
2: Okay. By the way, beautiful bo- Ed, if you're watching, Fantastic bottle. This is, this is beautiful. This looks like something you would see in a nineteen Art Deco nineteen thirty eight, yeah, yeah. You know, bar. It's it's really really nice. So you asked for George T. Stag uh, when we came in. Well, and why not, right? And I had
1: one itty bitty sample left here. Uh, this is the two thousand twenty uh, George T. Stag. And so let's go ahead
2: and kill this. All right, deal. This is what friendship's all about. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I must rate pretty high, and I got a a deeper pour than you did. Well, uh, don't tell Zabe... You know, because, you know, I didn't give him anything nearly this <laughs> good. <laughs> he didn't get pappy, I don't think. No, I'm he guessing. didn't get pappy.
1: But he also brought, like, 15 people, so. Oh, did he really? Yeah, and they were, like, raiding everything. had an entourage? What do yeah, you mean? Yeah, he, he had, like, he, had, he like, brought his mobile strike studio in. <laughs> okay. And they had all these people. We got pizza. Uh, and then, like, you know, I hear all these bottles getting clambered. You know what? I did bust out some good stuff for them, just not on camera. Well, All right. Done. Well
2: well good. I'm glad he yeah. did not Pappy. No, he didn't. Get can't. Pappy. No. He can't. No. Exactly. Pappy. And believe me, I'm going golfing with him a couple of days. He's gonna hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> I gotta I gotta have this over Zabe, right?
1: So I, I wanna point out like so some other really big athletes uh, that have uh, have brands or pieces of brands. Yeah. Uh Michael Jordan owns he does? Uh, owns one. he's a he's an owner in Cinco okay. uh, de uh, tequila. So that just came out. Uh, it's a uh, it's a bottle. The bottle is shaped like in the like after an agave leaf. Okay. Really beautiful bottle. So the hmm. the greatest, of course. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, oh yeah. Absolutely. A proper, proper Twelve just sold for six hundred million dollars back to Proximo. Oh my God. So like. I didn't mean, they,
2: didn't that thing start like two years ago? Yeah, did they go zero to six hundred million that fast?
1: Yes. Wow. It, it, his, it, his 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 like what he did for that brand was like amazing wow and and like um his partner on that ken austin is a longtime friend of mine and he just he was telling me like how great of a business partner he is really and like connor he's just like you know there's just all this stuff out there about connor but he's really just an amazing business mind for this for this space yeah and like that made me wonder like if some of that stuff wasn't put up you know like some of those like that getting um you know, punching the old man in the bar kind of <laughs> Yeah, thing. right. it was right, that just yeah, like that a was, shtick. Yeah, right.
2: And it might have been Yeah. It could have been, because it kinda worked, right? I mean like
1: like they're always like uh Zabe always says, it was it a work? You know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you wonder. You wonder. And, uh so he so okay. we talked about Terry Bradshaw, uh Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Ed. Uh Wayne Gretzky has his own like company. Uh, yeah. he's got wine. He's got uh, I've uh, seen whiskey. He's got whiskey. Yeah, he's got some liqueurs. Um, one I think is probably, probably my favorite to talk. One of my favorites to talk about is Drew Bledsoe. What? Drew Bledsoe has a he has, has a winery in uh, in Washington. Really? Yeah. Called uh, Doubleback, and like I've tasted the wine. It's very good. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's the own om- he's his blender. And so He's he, his own blender? He's his own blender. Okay. And so he's kind of known in Washington. And, like, he's a really good, uh, the wine's good. Wow. And so he's, like, that's, like, where he went. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, and he, of course, incredible football career yeah now, he's not a hall of famer i don't think
2: but just no a, but you know he's but it was a good long career good long career and he deserves better than to be remembered as the guy tom brady ultimately replaced yeah. because his career was so much better than that yeah i mean he did get a ring but he also played in
1: the super bowl without tom brady yeah that's it's so. a
2: great point you shouldn't forget so that.
1: so my it's... two let's taste this and okay then i'll tell you about two uh that will blow your mind Really? Uh, after after this? Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is George C. stag 2020. Ooh, yeah.
2: Ooh, that's sharp. And I don't mean that in a in the usual way. Wow, is that different?
1: I think. Holy that-
2: cow! Hundred and twenty proof, I think. I was gonna say, yeah, it's proofy, but it doesn't just like bam alcohol. It's um, it's really warm, as you can imagine. One hundred twenty. Do you
1: want
2: to add
1: some water to it? No. Yeah. Sure. We got a little drop in here.
2: No, right. I don't think so. Um, the. Uh, A little licorice for me in here,
1: a little black licorice.
2: Yep, black licorice. Yep. Um, Hmm. I don't know what other flavors I'm. I'm having a hard time articulating the other flavors I'm getting. But man, is it sophisticated, Fred? Yeah. This is good
1: save that one that tastes up against uh, I will. You know, the others
2: these are in order you can't really tell here i'm building i mean my, you've been doing yeah. a good
1: job keeping them in order
2: thank you yeah. yeah of course well we may not be able to remember the order that I we did these i don't anymore, remember which one yeah, we exactly. were order, but right they got one, yeah. one. I, <laughs> anyway. mike might end up coming to that i heard that sammy hagar made more money off the sale of his tequila than he made oh yeah in his rock and roll career
1: yeah well uh sammy hagar... Oops
2: just put that anywhere for it.
1: sammy hagar is um are you out of glasses
2: i am that's which is pretty impressive it's yeah
1: you want to go I'm grab? A, yeah grab i'll go real i'll real be way?
2: right back i'll grab a yeah. couple more
1: and then i because i'll get you because uh, you really want to taste the uncle nearest
2: yeah i do. in each hand yeah people that have uh, made a career in this can do like four and they're using the arm and everything else i know there like the go. other
1: day i had we had a waiter who was uh he brought um he brought like like only like four waters i was like bro where's mine and he's oh i'm getting it with back i'm like i'm so used to like people like like you go to these Mexican restaurants, and well, they have like two arms <laughs> yeah, right, out like yeah, that. So. Right, right. <laughs> how do you do that? It's
2: crazy. I could never do that.
1: Oh God, no! I break so many hangs. Yeah. But you know what? Good for them and their delts. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. So this out, is Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. Now, mm-hmm. Uncle Nearest is named after Nearest Green, uh, who is the former enslaved person that uh, taught the Jack Daniel how to distill, mm. and uh, Fawn Weaver, who is a really good friend of mine, brought back his, uh, basically brought back uh, his legacy, and as um, this is the fastest growing, basically the fastest growing spirit in the world right now. Really? I mean, they're wow! Crushing it.
2: Um, I can tell you this much from some guy in Minnesota. When I ask, you know, what are you drinking tonight? You know, here's what I'm having. What are you drinking? I get all these people that have been talking about Uncle Nearest and. I didn't even heard about it a couple, until a couple of years ago, and it's all it's got a it's got a big following now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fawn is um, she's otherworldly, man. She's amazing.
2: Really, yeah. tell me about women in the distillery business. I, in my mind, it's predominantly men, mm-hmm. not entirely men.
4: Well.
1: I'll be happy to send you home with one of my books, <laughs>
2: whiskey, whiskey Women, women. The right. Untold Story of How Women Say Bourbon Scotch and Irish Whiskey. No kidding. You, know, you happen to know a great deal about this subject. You didn't know I wrote this? I did not know you wrote that. In part because you've written so many books.
1: You know, Charge, I'm going to tell you something right now. I haven't yeah. told anybody. I've been doing so much of this podcast and video stuff. I'm having a hard time writing right now. Really? Yeah. How come? Well, I mean, because it's it's like my mind is now like uh, message this, message that, record mm-hmm. this, do that, do this, do this, and sure. honestly, I make more money on YouTube than I ever did writing for a magazine. Wow, I bet you know, and yeah. it's and it's so it's like I, I get far more rewards for doing this sort of thing. And also, people never knew my personality. Well, it was just my writing. Yeah, and it's people not were like the same. I was like, "Oh, I thought you were just a dick," and, <laughs> and like you kind of I thought you were a stuck-up snob because <laughs> you were an ascot. <laughs> You're
2: actually kind of cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, fuck <laughs> you. I mean, and, like still a dick, but yeah. <laughs> but it's a fun dick. There's that. Yeah, yeah.
1: go. <laughs> but but uh. You know, I wrote a, I wrote an it's, article for Forbes the other day, and I was like, I mean, it took me forever to write something that would have yeah. taken me like 30
2: minutes. You know, <sighs> you know as you know, somebody that's worked in radio for a long time, you know, to me, that's just, it's just so, you can be so much more articulate. You can be, you can express yourself in so many yeah. ways. And, well, I love the written word, and I still do a ton of writing, almost uh, all that's fantasy football related, right, but nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Um You know you just get to express yourself in a way that you it's just hard to do when you're doing something even as noble as whiskey women yeah um yeah if you want to just show who you are that's yeah
1: i love this i mean i really do and i've written seven books and i loved every aspect of it uh but you know when i got when podcast one picked me up that kind of was like i don't know that that was like one of the one of the greatest feelings because it was this is not my lane and i you know in the, the in the past year this became this was forced upon me as my lane because i lost so much you know in the pandemic and podcasting and youtubing was like my only sources of revenue yeah and it just it, it blossomed and we we're like we'd love to have you now they they look at me as kind of like an access to the liquor brands don't get me wrong and and I'm happy for that.
2: It, it, it is easy, right? I mean, it's a natural sell, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: but but they didn't go to other people, you know. And it was sure. just like it was like that was a very, it was a very exciting thing for me to uh, to have them approach me, and um, I'm well, just
2: ecstatic about it. It's validating. Um, you've earned it. And you're on and you're on the iHeart side. How does that I work? am on the iHeart side. Yeah, so, so I got so, my podcast is called Fantasy Football Weekly, uh available well, uh, they're all available on all the platforms. Number
1: one fantasy oh. podcast out there.
2: Why, oh, thank you. Um yeah, uh but my you know, our deal is through uh through iHeart. Uh iHeart I, I think they, they say they're number one for podcasts. I don't know what that means, but that's you know, that's what they say and They I think they all say that. Yeah, they probably one. do. They yeah. probably do. Um but it, there's a certain validation that you get with with mm-hmm. that, um, which is great, and uh, you get a you know promotion and different things, which is yeah. which is really nice. Yeah, Uncle Nearest, this is pretty darn good. Uh, sweet, I get a little, I get sweeter than the other things we've had. I wouldn't call it a sweet. All right, bourbon. so this
1: this is the uh, this is a a barrel pick that I did. So this is a single barrel of theirs. I picked this. It's north of uh, 11 years old. Ooh. And now that I'm tasting it, like, I'm going back in time in my head, tasting it with Richie and my friend Chris, and I get this beautiful note of, wait for it, marzipan. Mm. Which is my, when I taste that, which is the honey almonds kind of note, it's, like, gorgeous. By the way, look at that. We've been going for an hour and 23 minutes. I know. Does anybody to get to the end? Oh, people so. people will listen to this oh because they're just waiting for me to like, you know, bitch about somebody or something, you know. <laughs> you know so like, oh he's got, got a few. On somebody. Yeah. And the
2: more drinks, the more likely that is to happen. <laughs> you know, I work for a talk radio station in the Twin Cities called KFAN. It's a sports talk radio station. And people often say, Oh, tell me about, you know, this host. Oh, tell me about Dan. What's he really like? <laughs> and to get to your point about talking about expressing ourselves in this kind of medium right. When you talk for a hundred and how many minutes or an hour and how long, hundred, yeah. you know, yeah. it's sooner or later you become yourself. Yeah. And so when yeah. people say, "What is Dan really like? What is Fred really like?" So- you can't fake it if you're going to talk for three hours every day right you can't fake that anymore you are you're it's exactly who you hear Mm -hmm. that's the person that most of these now the real
1: reason why i invited you over
2: i'm having some electrical issues in my house (laughs) 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 i'm i'm not a i I have now as you now know apparently I i wired my house for electric in my basement and I learned a lot. I did. Oh man! Did. So my
1: father and my uh, cousin—they are—they're electricians.
2: They are. All and right. I have
1: no skills there. I'm, 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 well, like, I'm like half afraid I'll electrocute myself. Nothing
2: better than knowing an electrician. That's even better than being yeah, an electrician. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, you know, like uh, it's that is like that's some legit stuff. When it and and for those uh, uh, who don't follow Paul. He basically rewired his entire house uh, from scratch, uh, no experience with it at all. And, like, I mean, I struggle fixing my damn toilet switch. (laughs) You know, I mean, the other day, I fixed fixed my, so our toilet's broke again. Like, the thing's, like, broke. Right. And so, like, for the last year, it's been, like, uh, it, like, takes forever to fill up. And, you know, it just snapped. And so I go to Lowe's and I pick up uh, the materials, the little handle thing. Sure. And I, yeah. You know, they've we got a repair kit. They got, yeah, buy. they got repair kits, but they got the easy one and the hard one. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got the really easy one. Yeah. And so I I got it going, and then it didn't work. And uh, <laughs> and, and Jacqueline's like, what? what did, why? Why didn't? What? What happened here? What'd you do? I was like, well, I have my own way of fixing things, and I didn't follow the directions. She's like. Go to the store right now. <laughs> get the other one and do not come back and you follow the directions.
2: <laughs> I love it. So like I'm
1: like, I'm like
2: uh. Okay, I will. <laughs> what I learned is uh through my pro I had an unfinished basement. And so I took it from unfinished to finished, with the exception of drywall plumbing. And I didn't oh, lay my own yeah. carpet. Some people are like, did you buy carpet? Yes. Did you put it down? Well, no. You know, they, I paid somebody to put it down. But I did all the rest. And the electric was the, was the best litmus test. And as it turns out, for most homeowner-grade electric stuff, if you just compartmentalize every step of the process, it's they're all super easy. It's just the, the totality of it is a lot. And the almost impossibility of you electrocuting yourself is this thing that this fear that's in your head, but unless you are really, you know, you're really not paying attention to what you're doing and you have no care for safety, that's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. it turned out the electric was not even, you know, one, probably one of the five biggest challenges as a category, you know, like. Putting my baseboards and my doors were, you know, ended up being a lot harder at the end of the day for for what I had to do.
1: Hit your thumb or something, trying
2: to put the door in or something. The hard part of the door is getting it perfectly leveled, Mm. and that part, that part is really, and it's, you know, it's a door frame and the casing. You don't even want to know. But the end of the day, you can do it. I'm hiring somebody for that. Yeah, I don't blame you. With all the podcast (laughs) revenue for the people that are watching, 90 minutes in.
1: So, uh, yeah. all right, so, I ha- I, so thumbs up on the Uncle Nearest.
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is really good. Um, tip of the hat to the Uncle Nearest. Now, is this one that I can find anywhere uh, near me? No, 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 this won't be one you can find. I'm not going to be able to find this no, anywhere else. That's find... too bad. I saw one other bottle. It's right there. Yeah. The 1856. Yeah, you'll be able to
1: find that one. Here's
2: 1856. But with the one you really want's the 1820, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is. They've
1: got a few others out too, like a yeah. Master's Blend. But you know they're crushing it all the stuff they're doing.
2: Good for um, them. That's great. Uh, just speaking of random year numbers, uh, Old Forester I think is really really good. Yeah. But the 1920 is my jam.
1: It's another level great. Oh, Gets
2: yeah. yeah, so good. 1920 it is. Yeah. is
1: fantastic. And you can find it everywhere. Yes.
2: Yeah. And it's not that expensive. No. Maybe you know 45 ish dollars yeah. at least in minnesota yeah you know for how we tax our liquor that's you know that's not bad y'all you like your taxes
1: but oh, you got to oh, do dude. it for the uh oh yeah the did. heating there you know, it's so, <laughs> you know it's
2: so cold all the time yeah, it is you think we could we should be saving our own money to pay our heating bills.
1: <laughs> so yeah. uh two athletes i want to bring up oh good kind of like yes. crushed it in the uh in the like did you know kind of category all right carmelo anthony Oh a, really? An enormous wine connoisseur. No idea. So like when he's on the road, he'll be like doing like wine tastings with with his uh, fellow players. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think his career is winding down, but he is an he's a huge wine connoisseur. He was just on the cover of Wine Spectator. No way. For whom I him. used to write. But it is uh that is like one of the greatest honors that can ever be bestowed upon anybody in, to in be Wine, on the cover on the cover of One wow. spectators all right sports illustrated it's like how sports illustrated used to, used to be yeah, yeah when it
2: when sports illustrated mattered god the yeah. rick riley days when his, his oh, column i loved his column. what a big deal that was to be on the cover i still have i've still got a couple squirreled away of sports illustrated yeah. from my youth when the twins won the world series oh, and kirby you know Puckett. Mm. kirby Puckett. i know what a what great a, player oh he was fantastic that was those are very important times for me and by the way Last world, the last championship in Minnesota, Kirby Puckett 1991. We've gone and just the wow. ma- four major sports, we've gone 109. I thought y'all won a hockey one, though. Nope. Wild, right? Nope. We have not. We've they gone good, 109 seasons combined wow. in the four major sports without a championship in Minnesota. Well, Cleveland has blown by us. It's sad.
1: Well, I mean that was because of one player, but sure, yeah. But um, I mean, you all had a, a couple spots here and there. But I, I always thought the Vi- I thought the Vikings with Favre were amazing. You know? that, was, that was a fun season. They were great. Two thousand
2: nine. That yeah. was that was kind of magic when. He showed up. He had all the animosity for the Packers that we've always had for the Packers. <laughs> what you guys don't understand, although maybe you do, because you're a border town here. Yeah. So maybe you get it. You know, the Twin Cities are on the border of Wisconsin. And, you know, Western Wisconsin is our suburbs. We you know we have we have twin city suburbs, St. Paul suburbs that mm-hmm. are in Wisconsin. And what happens is you grow up in Wisconsin, you go to like Madison, you're a huge Packer fan. It's in the blood. Every Everybody in Wisconsin is a Packer fan. But then you decide, Fred, I'd like to get a job. I'd like to marry somebody with all my teeth, you know, all the teeth. <laughs> I'd like to see a building taller than a silo. So you come to Minneapolis and you bring with you all the arrogance that comes with 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking. Right. And man, do these Packer fans feel an entitlement to winning. And they will tell you all about it mm. to us starving Viking fans that know nothing but frustration.
1: And I love Kirk Cousins. I think he's a I think he's a great quarterback. I think he can actually bring you to the to the title. And when he does, he'll do it quietly.
2: You will do it quietly. You're you are right about that. You I think, know, I think yeah, he's a I, he's a class I think, act for sure. I think
1: Cousins is, is one of the I would love to have a bourbon with him. I had a burn with Kyle Rudolph with, with you. Yeah, I mean, I had one, with Kyle Rudolph. Oh, did you? Kyle that, Rudolph good is good uh, uh, You know, now he's with the with the Giants, but that's right. But you know, he loved him some cousins. So
2: yeah, and you know what, he's cousins a good quarterback. Kyle's a really good dude too. And I've he's worked, I've I've done a number of things with him being. in town. Yeah, a lot of charity work in the uh, in the Twin Cities, and gonna finish his career, you know, as a backup for the Giants, and you know but, that's fine.
1: Listen, that's um so you you as an athlete uh, they know they they
2: always feel like they have one more in them
1: yeah Yeah, i applaud that i love that fight
2: sure you don't go down you don't just decide to hang him up you you most don't you find out the hard way and he's an all
1: pro you know i mean he's gonna mentor he's He's a great person.
2: I mean, I think that's where we go always with with Kyle. He's a great person. human being. No, he is. That so, is that is 100% true. And so, was he on your show at some point? Yeah, yeah, he was on my
1: show very early on. Was yeah. he? Yeah, Damn, we have a uh, we have a charity partner um, uh, of of interest that we that we work with together and like and they connected us and and so yeah, I mean, we're So what I what I do with charities is like I go and I I curate things. I bring bottles and we auction them off. Oh sure. We do stuff like that and um, and you know in my career, been close to you know north of two two million of things that I that I've helped with. Wow. And and when I'm talking like like I'll be an auctioneer auctioneer and it's not like they're they're buying me but. Or anything like that, but I will put myself up for auction for for like private tastings and things. But you know, one auction that I did, uh, half a million. What? Know, half a million? Like people buying like seventy five thousand dollar barrel picks back to back. You know, so
2: wow. Uh So wow. there's been
1: there's been a couple of those, and that's the thing is like bourbon is a philanthropic community, and you are a part of it. All right, you're I feel you're, good you're about a that. part of it. You're getting into it. You're just. You're you're still in that kind of like phase of like you're really excited. You're, I am. You're about learning. Soon you're gonna find you're gonna go to the store and look for something that you couldn't find that you used to be able to find every day and now you can't find it. You're gonna start hating it.
2: Oh, t- tell me about it. I've I've been doing this long <laughs> enough to experience that for sure. Uh, right, you, I think we were talking off camera before we started. You know, you ruined McKenna, and. I, you know, M- McKenna was a winner in one of my blind tastings from like four years ago. So it popped on my radar. and I was like, wow, this is really good. And it's like $38. Yeah. And you freaking wrecked it. And yeah. I hold you responsible. I've seen it on a shelf twice in the last two years.
1: And to this day, I I, I love McKenna. I love that brand. I love that whiskey. Uh, to this day, I can't find it. And no. So, and, and so when I... When I do private, I do a lot of private tastings, and and, I'll always try to (laughs) squeeze McKinney. (laughs) I I bet. I bet. Uh, I don't blame you. So I want to tell you about one more athlete. Oh, good. We have another athlete. All right, good. We had a connection to to football. All right. Tom Fears, uh, pro football Hall of Famer, L.A. Rams, uh, wide receiver. I don't know that name. Uh, We're talking 40s, 50s. Okay. All right. He he played, that's when he played nine years... (laughs) His stats were five thousand three hundred and ninety seven yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, uh, All American at UCLA. Wow uh, had a break from uh, had a break from the league to go fight for his contract. Yeah, World that, II. yeah, that happened. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, back then they didn't make money like they did. Today. No, no. <laughs> so
2: Certainly they not. had to
1: go get a job. Yes. And he was a sales rep for Shinley which was then the uh, the largest uh, uh, largest uh, spirits company in the world. What And I wow. happen to have a brand that he would have been schlepping back then. A little old Shinley bottled and bond. What in the world is this? this is this is from uh, old Shinley Old Shinley bottled and bond six years old and this the year on this is uh, 19.
2: Forty two. What?
1: Nineteen forty two. Shut
2: up. That was, I just held a nineteen forty two bottle in my hand.
1: Nineteen forty this is the original cork?
2: No way. Now don't you worry that the cork has degraded in some way and that air's been it's well, seeping in you and can tell like this one is this one is
1: still in such good condition. <gasps> Here
2: we go. We're gonna have some of this? We're
1: gonna have some of it.
2: This is the oldest thing that's ever entered my body by like, seventy years. I don't even know <laughs> <where to go. laughs> Old Shinley 1942.
1: Yeah, so you can see the, you can see the uh, the date there. That this is a bottle of bond, yeah. uh, and they put the uh, they put when it was
2: distilled and when it was bottled. Look at that. Oh my God. So, now, they, they don't age. They don't get better. You know, once they're in the bottle, this is not wine. So, this, how close is what we are going to taste right now? How close is this, this to the same uh, flavor that somebody was this, getting in 1942?
1: This particular bottle, which uh, kept very well, will be very close. Um, but not, you know, this cork is perfect. It's a perfect fit. Uh, the steel is still t- the seal is still very tight but a lot of them they were not tight they were uh, misconfigured a lot of people did not store them properly i bet uh, and so this is this is about as, as perfect as you can get
2: wow so how did you get this bottle
1: uh well i get a lot of them uh this one i pretty sh- so I, I bought this one from a guy who used to uh, whose grandpa was a distiller uh, okay. for this company.
2: That makes sense. And
1: this was uh made in Indiana at Old Quaker, Old Quaker Distillery. Okay, is right that is that
2: still a thing?
1: I assume no, not. No, it's not around anymore. Okay. However, its competitor was made at this, you know, this, the, this the, that, that one, that's wagon. a former uh, Seagram's plant. Okay. But um uh, yeah, so this is uh this is
2: 1942. This is an 80-year-old we,
1: uh, we are just we are just now entering World War II.
2: Wow, our country the, is uh, the Allies are losing the war. Yeah. The U-boats are dominating the Atlantic. Yeah, they're sinking all the they're sinking all all the ships and all the goods that are that we're trying to send to Britain. I mean, think about that. Wow.
1: And in terms of sports, you know, uh, you had horse racing, baseball, track, <laughs> track. People cared um, about
2: track and field then.
1: It was still not common for men to wear shorts.
2: In uh, in public, <laughs> right? yeah. we we would be wearing a hat and a tie, yeah, and hat and tie, ascot we went. perhaps wherever we went. Maybe yeah, an ascot, ascot maybe yeah, that's underdressing back then. Nineteen forty two. This is so cool, Fred. Okay, it still tastes pretty good. It does. I wouldn't know if I didn't know, Fred. It's, um... It's oaky. It feels... It tastes like it... To me, it's about... Mm, 90 proof, I would guess. Well,
1: it's bottled the bond, so it's 100 No, oh, it's pr- 100. It's a bottled the bond. Yeah. Right,
2: okay. Um, what are you getting off this? Well, this is I- a... Uh-
1: this is a this is layered for me um it's not youthful you know when I say youthful it's it's more leathery more cigar box more mm. tobaccoy yeah there's some licorice-y there um, but you know I would throw this in a in any flight today it's still good.
2: What a treat. What a tre- Leathery is very apt for this.
4: Mm.
1: I
2: happen to eat a lot of leather on a regular basis. <laughs> <so>. it, <it's, laughs> it tastes like I think leather should taste <laughs> without knowing what leather should
1: taste well, like. Well, if you grow up around horses, you eventually chew one on you know, some leather reins <laughs> at, some at some point. point. You yes. know. <laughs> All right, so you we can go through and do a retaste. Take a break. Whatever you want to do, I'm up. I'm up for a retaste of some right. of these. So let's let's retaste. Um, right. Let's retaste the pappy. Yeah. See where you are with the pappy. Okay.
2: Hold on. I going to
1: rinse, gonna your, rinse your palate here. out. Right on. Now you see why I had you uh, prep in advance, right?
2: Had I known we were going to be ten in, yeah. I mean, I'm really glad you did.
1: Did you eat beforehand? I did. Good. Which
2: is smart too. Feeling feeling great. By the way, we haven't mentioned Billy Martin yet. Oh my God, the uh, Yankees uh, manager, the old Yankees manager. Do you know how many times? No. And you know, you probably know he was the Yankee manager more than once. Do you know how many times he was the Yankee manager? Uh, three times. Five times. What? How do you get? How do you get fired four times and then hired a fifth time? That's crazy. By he, the way, he's good at interviews. Great player. This yeah. is the part about about Billy Martin. I didn't know. He was a really, really good player. 1953 World Series MVP. Five-time champion.
1: Random, Uh, but why isn't Roger Maris in the Hall of Fame?
2: Well, because I think as a player, he he was a very good player, not a great player. Mm -hmm. We know him more just because of the card, the baseball card, than... But 61 homers, man. 61 homers is pretty damn good. I I I feel like, you know
1: that alone should get him in
2: all right back to pappy so you told me this is 120 proof seven 107 proof yeah. thank you and this is the fifteen. yep how has pappy elevated itself to be in the status that it's in front In that it's become a thousand dollar bottle that people yeah so will willingly play. let's let's hey. first
1: let's talk about the um uh the story of pappy First, Pappy is a very real person. He was uh, he was an iconic distiller owner um, after Prohibition until his death, and before that, he was a sales rep. Um, he basically changed a lot of bourbon for the better. Very, very, very important person.
2: How did he change it for the better? Just through quality and you know,
1: um, so he was he was like a he was an independent. Okay. And distilleries were becoming conglomerates. They were one of the very first like uh, industries in the in the United States that became conglomerates. Hmm. Uh, so like you would have uh, a distillery company would also own a pharmaceutical company, and they would own like uh, like a tire company. <laughs> I mean, they would they would, they would all, okay. all all that that kind yeah. of thing, you know. And so he was like a, a small player. Uh, in a sea of conglomerates, uh, the big four at the time. And there was an effort to uh, fix prices in, in liquor stores during World War II. Mm.
4: Um,
1: and the, during World War II the country said, you can no longer make whiskey, we need the grains, uh, but we'd love for you to make industrial alcohol so we can use it in the war effort. And so they would uh, basically distillers would fix their stills to make industrial alcohol or ethanol or whatever, sure. and that that would be used to make parachutes, uh, all kinds of stuff. And they uh, during that time they were going in and buying up a bunch of independent uh, provider or independent uh, distillers. Or because they couldn't afford to I out, uh, shift their stills to make industrial alcohol.
2: So you could get you could get these distillers on the cheap at the time. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And if they had a little bit of uh, stocks in them. Uh, oh, even better. Even better. But they were also working together. The larger companies were working together to price out mm. all the smaller players. Okay. And Pappy testified before the Senate and Congress. To uh, talk about what was going on, and he was like one of the last vestiges of uh, of independent distilling during that time, and so he kind of you know held that uh, held that line. He was also a believer in um, using a recipe that used wheat instead of rye, oh. uh, which rye was the most common mm-hmm. secondary grain in bourbon. And Old Fitzgerald and Weller, which was his brands, was what he. Oh. What he, uh, you know, pushed forward.
2: Wait, isn't Weller in the Buffalo Trace family, or am just
1: wrong? It is now. Okay, okay, all right. It is now. Okay, all right. Back then, it was under a uh, a company called Stitzel Weller. Okay. Uh, Anyway, he dies in the mid-1960s. His uh, son is unable to, like, hold the company together. Uh, The other family members sell their shares, Mm. effectively selling off Stitzel Weller in 1972 to a conglomerate called Norton Simon okay Uh, Norton Simon also started a Canada dry distilling company in Kentucky okay So there was Canada dry bourbon what uh, for a brief amount of time Wow all right and so you know but the Van Winkle's never lost that fire to be in bourbon And so they started their own private label, old, and and they started like older Van Winkle, Mm -hmm. and they started like uh, you know making you know their own whiskey, yeah, and like getting stocks from other people and blending them. And Julian Van Winkle, who is uh, uh, Pappy's grandson, uh, acquires a facility in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and he starts you know bottling stuff, and he's just you know he's not doing well. Mm. He's like he's like trading. Uh, bottles for magazine ads, Uh, for cars. Yeah. Uh, The roof is leaking. You know, he struggles to make payroll. Uh, You know, week after week, it's like, is this the week that I have to fold? Wow. You know. And then one day in the 1990s, late 1990s, he gets a 99-point score by the Beverage Tasting Institute.
2: Oh, my God. And everything changes.
1: Everything changes. And everything changes. Everybody wanted his product. Um, Buffalo Trace uh, called him and said, hey, would you like a partner? Mm-hmm. And at that time, he's like, oh, man, I can't take it anymore. I mean, yeah, we got some acclaim here, but I, sure. can't, I can't make it. Yeah. And so he partnered, and then that everything started going up. So anytime that anyone ever brings up, is Pappy overrated? Is it overhyped? I'm like, do you know the story? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. if anybody deserves this fame, it's mm-hmm. that guy. But the flaw that they have in their system is that they continue to price lower than its demand. So they price it at a point where they feel like the ordinary Joe can get a bottle because that's their belief, <laughs> that's what they want.
2: Okay, but the reality is the, the rea- nothing like that.
1: No. And and it's like, you know, they may price it at three twenty nine. It goes in the liquor store, it's twelve hundred, it gets flipped on the secondary market, twenty five hundred. Oh. <laughs> and then five thousand. Right. You know, I mean that's that's the economics of it. Yeah. And so if they just did the SRP SRP at like thousand dollars, then you know, that
2: would probably fix it. You think but, so? I mean wouldn't I wouldn't the store still get it and then just mark it up from a thousand? But would people buy it? I think that's the question i don't know i don't know they're already buying it at a thousand it seems like i
1: know this that uh i do i work with the ronald mcdonald house out here yeah we get the entire collection of Happy, and we do raffles last year we raised uh or earlier this year we raised one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars.
2: wow off of how many bottles
1: six <laughs> yeah Whoa. So someone buys a $200 so, right. raffle so ticket.
2: So it's, it's right. averaging like $18,000 a bottle.
1: But it's like, you know, if you buy a $200 raffle ticket or $250, you are like, right. I got a shot. And you got like, a shot. And it's right. not killing you. Yeah. You know, so.
2: yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's money. Well, it's great that it raises that much money. And so when they did they ultimately sell out to somebody else or did they just no, partnered they, with somebody no, else? No, they
1: still own uh, 51%. All right. Good for them. All
2: yeah, right. So they All still right. own the majority. Good for them.
1: But, I mean, there are signs of, like, you know, the the sisters have been very vocal about wanting to get a tequila out. You know? um, I mean, there's... Uh, I don't know where things will go with them, but um, I, I know this. It's it, it's a strong brand, and...
2: <laughs> yeah. You know. It's a very strong brand. So, you know, like all of whiskey, when you hit a point of sudden and unexpected popularity, you don't have the reserves built up right to meet demand. Right. Now pappy's been pretty damn popular for a while now not yeah. at the levels that it is now this is totally different but is there more product coming
1: yeah i mean they've been laying a lot down but and they get they get first right of refusal on uh, on the barrels there but
2: well they're their own barrels what do you mean of course they have first, first well, right
1: of refusal don't they well, it's mean? at it's at Buffalo Trace, and there's you know there's well there's Weller there, and there's been people who've stolen their stuff. So I mean, literally
2: stolen their stuff. Oh
1: yeah, there's a whole thing on Netflix about it. Which if you see if you see uh, if you watch a Netflix documentary on it, you'll see my head at the press conference. Really? Yeah, I'm in the press conference. Okay, now. wait.
2: So thieves are stealing barrels of Pappy.
1: It happened. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's I mean, it's not happening now, but it did happen. Yeah.
2: That's a great heist story right there. Yeah. Is it a good story? Do we know who did it? Did they get... yeah, yeah was it he got, justice?
1: Yeah, he got... Uh, uh, he, got he, he served time. Okay. He's already out and already has a deal with Netflix. So. Yeah, how
2: about that? He's, he served time and now he gets to tell his story and make a bunch of money off it. Yeah. Because he it, stole it, it, it bothered me, actually. Yeah, it should bother you. It doesn't but, seem like it should be that way.
1: No, but it's... Yeah, uh, the
2: victim should not make money on this. Or the perpetrator should not make money on yeah, it. Yeah, and everybody yeah. hates the Van Winkles. Everybody hates the Van Winkles
1: uh, over that and, and subsequent things. And and that always bothers me. Yeah, it should. Because the, the Van Winkles are just, you know, they have made some miscalculated errors. But I think it's because they just, they don't, I don't think they under, they don't fully grasp what their brand has become all the time. And, and like, you know, they worked with people to shut down the secondary market on Facebook. Oh, okay. You know, So they worked with Facebook yeah. to do that. And I think that came back and bit them. Why? Because people
2: got that like, oh, how dare you? Yeah, yeah. interfere yeah. with my... Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> anyway, so what was your favorite? Well, you okay. Taste,
1: you want to taste anything again?
2: Give me one more of the, the Mictors, which I thought was... When I had it, I thought it was fantastic. All right. If you don't mind. Do you remember your glass? Yeah, I do. It's this one right here. I've I've kept them in order. That was the second one we tried. Um of our 10, 11, whatever. All right,
1: there you go.
2: Michter's is a... Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the Michter's story? I know you can. Um, yeah, But as so somebody that doesn't know it intimately like you do, all I know is the product at the end of the day is, seems really good.
1: I'll go to my Michter's. Yeah, so Michter's is historically a Pennsylvania brand. Okay. So Pennsylvania used to make bourbon, but they were really kind of an iconic uh, rye distillery. In uh, the facility at which they were made... Was uh, was thought to be, or historically said to be, um, a facility that was started in 1753, and and served George Washington's troops during the Revolutionary War. Wow! Okay. Because they prescribed whiskey, they always had whiskey with them, and people just fucking drank a lot back then.
2: <laughs> they but, did drink and, a lot back then. Yes.
1: <laughs> and so that is the that is like, it was a Pennsylvania brand. Okay uh that's it was uh burgers before it was kind of known as micters uh micters comes out in the 1950s the guy who was the founder of it named it after his two children michael and peter m i c h for michael yeah and the t e r i peter. had no idea okay and so um, he's not a very good business person um he doesn't do very you know he has a lot of things that he does that works a little bit, but never can get over the hump that he's in Pennsylvania and he doesn't have a collective of distillers around him. 1987, basically, just the company just falls. Um, and another company comes in and acquires the trademarks. Okay. Uh, Chatham Imports, uh, which is kind of like, uh, uh loosely connected to, uh, People in the distribution business in the East Coast, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Malieko is is, uh, is is the person who acquires it and starts sourcing whiskey from other people, but he's not doing it from people in Pennsylvania. He's buying Kentucky mm. bourbon. Okay, and so this historic uh, Pennsylvania brand moves toward a Kentucky brand. So that's basically like. The fucking Boston Red Sox.
2: <laughs> and Yankees. And Yankees. Yeah, right. And yeah. and it was like. Hatfields and McCoys. It was
1: huge. When that happened and when it started servicing, the people from Pennsylvania were fucking irate. Really? And they were going after him all the time. Wow. Him out all the time. And. He's a traitor. And then, you know, um, they built their own distillery. Um. They they had three phases. One, the first phase was they were buying product from other people. Mm-hmm. The second phase was they were contract distilling, and then they had their own facilities. And okay. So now they have their own their own uh, distillery that they're make, making whiskey out of.
2: How long have they been barreling at that facility?
1: Um, I think they started distilling in 2012. Okay. It's between 2012 and 2014. Okay, And so mm-hmm. like this would have been what we're tasting now would have been a contract distillate uh, from uh, when they had a contract with Brown Foreman, which I'm very proud to say, one of the things that I've, I'm i most proud of in my career is that I have disclosed everything for everybody. Uh, and so they didn't have to. Yeah. So in my book, Bourbon Curious, <laughs> I, I talk about that they had a relationship yeah. with Brown Foreman. Yeah. And that's where their distillate came from.
2: And, that seems uh, fair. It was good old-fashioned reporting, you know? Yeah,
1: right. And so um, um, that's where it started. But now, I mean, it's a great team. They have a great, um, you know, they have a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm in their visitor center is, like, giving a video about them. Uh, You know, I've been – I've sipped their whiskey with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. and um,
2: Including me right now. Right now. Right right now.
1: now, Right now, absolutely. And, you know, they're one of those that when people – when people from the old guard in Pennsylvania come out and they're like, "You know what? We were wrong. We were wow, we were, we were a little really? too hard." Wow, really? That would know? feel good. Yeah, so it's 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 an interesting story because it's kind of like they they they've gone full circle and you know. By the way, that 1753 story with George, you know, serving George Washington. Yeah, total bullshit. It is, okay. I, I mean, it, it was an old facility, but there was no <laughs> not that. But they, but they, there was no verifiable anything. It was okay. Like, that came out in like the forties and fifties. Yeah. Just to prove that like, you know, it went in, they make shit up all the time well,
2: with whiskey. Welcome to marketing 101, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. Now I can disprove it. Yeah. yeah. So. I'll, look, all I know is it tastes good. Yeah. That's so the, that's it's, the it's most working. important thing. Um, I don't care if they're getting it from Whatever. Brown and Simon. No, Brown and Brown and Forman. Brown and, and Simon sound like a good company. Yeah, it does. I think it's a book publisher, actually. I think uh, that Brown and Simon would be Simon and Schuster. Yeah, maybe I'll little Little Brown. Little Brown and Simon and Schuster. Yeah, Little Brown never got yeah. together. That would be the case. I think they, they actually did acquire each other. They might have. I don't know. You might be wrong. We might be right about this. Mm-hmm. Now, I have an idea. So we're at the, you know something closing in on the two minute mark or two hour mark. Yeah. Let's do a Twitter hashtag. For people who make it to the end, send us at Fred Minnick, at Paul Charchian, All a right. special hashtag, which I want you to name. Okay. Uh, that says, I'm one of the true believers that made it to the two hour mark.
1: Okay. Um what's a good hashtag for us? That, that will that's yeah.
2: unique to us. hmm um, Coconut water. Coconut water. Okay. Hashtag <laughs> coconut water, and we will know. You are one of the true believers. And the reason why the is
1: I forced uh, Paul to uh, drink some coconut water it's true. beforehand. And so I'm his, glad right now. So he would have the electrolytes to uh,
2: withstand this two-hour tasting. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you one last name that we haven't talked about yet. That's okay. sports, tied to sports and, and alcohol. Harry Carey. Oh, God. Harry Carey. Yeah. You know the seventh inning, uh, the seventh inning stretch with the song, and he's slurring all the words and everything by the end. Jack Daniels, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Carey was thirty-seven years in to his broadcasting career before he started with the Cubs. Oh wow! For sixteen more years,
1: I didn't know that. I
2: know, unbelievable. So he ended up having a. Fifty two year run as a broadcaster. Wow. Staggering.
1: St- I mean, but what a job, man. What a what a legend. What
2: a what an incredible voice, you know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Wow. And he did uh he did the White Sox for a long time, then went to the Cubs. So he had a lot of Chicago, obviously a lot of Chicago roots. Mm-hmm. Now have you been to any of the have you ever been to one of his steakhouses in Chicago?
1: Yeah, I think I did, but I don't I don't recall it very well. That's a sign right there, if you don't yeah. recall it. Yeah, and I and one of the one of the books I wrote was on steaks uh, okay. for certified Angus beef. And really,
2: you've read you've a steak book as well. I have, and I, I
1: traveled the uh, country, uh, eating at all these different steakhouses. And I mean, I've had some incredible steaks. But, I bet you have. But my 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 favorite was uh, my favorite was a place called El Gacho in uh, in Seattle. They had he did like a nice peppercorn over um, over a strip. All right. Okay, so you good. lost
2: me. Okay,
1: wait. I, listen, I no. lo- I I, th- I typically don't like sauces. I was going to say. I don't like on. sauces
2: normally, but this was amazing. Here, I've got a great screwball for you to taste. You'll, <laughs> love the, you'll love the peanut butter. You'll love the peanut butter on top of your bourbon. Come on, man. You can't tell me it's a great steak and then smother it about. I love peppercorn. You can't smother your steak and peppercorn um, and tell me how great the steak fair, is. Fair, I can just tell
1: you that was the most memorable steak that I had. And I've had many, and, and I don't put sauces on my
2: steaks ever. We, we've got a, one. we got a great steakhouse in Minnesota called Manny's. And here's what I love the, the, what they do. They've got one bull in Chicago that makes all their steak, one bull. And every, it's just, that's our bull. He's got all the qualities that this bull, you know, has all the qualities we want in our steaks and they just use all all meat that comes they're free, from...
1: They're freezing his uh, semen that, right wow. now. That, that right <laughs> as we
2: speak, that's right. That's right. That, that bull right now is getting some action right this note, minute. On yes. that
1: note of the freezing semen, uh, you know. <laughs> which, by the way, my degree in agriculture, and I... I actually watched that stuff happen, and <laughs> Whoa, I'm
2: sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's Jeez. it's it's, it's very. Don't, you don't want to see that you happen. Need, you need therapy after it. It's, I bet it's very. Hashtag coconut water. Coconut water, not to be
1: confused with what's happening with the bull on that. But as we close out here, cheers, my friend. Good seeing you. Thank you. This was so much fun. Everybody, just look for Paul Charchin or uh, look for Charch. Uh, check out all of his fantasy football
2: stuff. He is the best in the game. And you've got your own website, your own league. What- yeah, guillotine leagues.com uh, for the new, freshest, funnest way to play fantasy football. Guillotine Ooh, giddy up. All right. Let's go lose some money on some fantasy football. <laughs> Which is what I know because I never fucking win. But- you won last year. You won your guillotine league last year. I like you didn't. No, I thought you wanted it. No, I didn't. Oh, no, you're right. Mr. X wanted it. He did like Forget yeah. it. I was. He got, he got some good wisdom
1: from me. He did. But uh, it's going to do it, everybody. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. I want to know who lasted. Did you make it all the way through? I mean, it was a long. It was a long episode. And if you cut out and didn't make it, or he had to chop it up a little bit. I understand. It was a long-ass episode. And to be honest with you, um, maybe that's because it was so much fun. You know, Paul and I, we drank all those bourbons, and we were kind of like, man, that went by fast. It was two hours? Unbelievable. But uh, I really enjoyed my time with Paul. Such a gentleman, such a great class act, and, and so important for uh, uh, for my world You know, he's been a good friend and and helped me out in a lot of ways. So a big shout out to my boy, Charch, and I'm excited to have him on here. I can't wait to have him back. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Make sure that you are following me on all the social media channels that you can. Just look for my name, Fred Minnick. Also, The Fred Minnick Show, this little podcast right here, has its own Instagram handle. Go check that out. Look for The Fred Minnick Show. Uh, And then, uh, if you can, give us a review on the however you listen to this podcast it helps with the algorithm overlords who are always always dictating what people listen to it helps me in a big big way if you can go give me a review good or bad we can handle it so but that's going to do it this week folks be safe out there no licking handrails no licking trash cans remember vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer cheers everybody
0: You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.